If you are in Sydney or Melbourne, listen up because we have some exciting news for you. Listen. Yeah, listen. Saturday, July. (laughs) Melbourne, we are doing Do Go On The Quiz Show live one night only or one afternoon only. Part of the Replay Festival at Comedy Republic on Saturday, July 6th at 3pm. This is 2024. And then the next weekend in Sydney, we are going up for a live Do Go On podcast at the fabulous Ritz Cinema on Saturday, July 13th at 3pm. Also 2024. Yeah, 2024. Yeah. Listen. 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 And get tickets. Buy tickets. Tickets at Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Welcome to another episode of Do Go On. My name is Dave Warnicky, and as always, I'm here with Jess Perkins and Matt Stewart. Well, well, well. Well, well, well. <laughs> We're back in the frickin' pod studio oh, for the first time in so long. Oh, Feels, my God. Feels so, so good. good. How good do we sound right now? Woo! Oh, you hopefully sound, pretty good. Yeah, you sound great. Hopefully. I mean, actually, hopefully they don't notice a difference. Oh, that'd be even That better. would be even better. It'd be pretty funny if people are sitting at home going... This sounds worse. I wonder why. Oh, Oh. stupid old studios. (laughs) I prefer when you're on Zoom. (laughs) How dare you? How dare you? Last week's episode, we were were in the building, Mm. but because of uh, people restrictions... We were getting closer. We weren't allowed in the the podcast year because we had the fourth Beatle last week. Mm. So this week, we're allowed back in. And it feels good. Feels Feels right. Feels so good. Matt's got a dare ice coffee that he unscrewed the lid off. Picked up, put back down, and put the lid back on. So that's uh, you know everyone has their process. <laughs> what do you do? Just drink it, not me. Um, okay, Dave. Well, he's, having, he's having a sip. While he's having a sip, why don't you explain how this show works? Well, what we do here is we take it in turns to ridicule Matt for his iced coffee. That's right. And then what we do is we uh, go away. One of us goes away, does a bit of uh, research on a topic often suggested by a listener and uh, brings it back to the other two who don't really usually know what the topic is. Two who. But we actually <laughs> do who know what this topic is, kind of, because we are almost at the end. We're on the home stretch of Blockbuster Toba, where we do our most requested topics of the year. Matt put out a big vote. There was like 150 options or something amazing. And we've done our top seven. And this is number three. Yes. Ooh. It's normally Blocktober. This year we're into Blovember. And <laughs> <laughs> that's not mine. Our listeners suggested that. That's good I stuff. wish I could credit them right now. That's real good. But they know who they are. And um, yeah, I, I think it's been really good. I'm 
Even thinking maybe next year we we keep it as a two month thing. I, I thought you were going to say just do it all the time. <laughs> just yeah. do just do the good topics every week. Next year, just you know, January I, to December. I got to correct you there, Dave. It's not the good topics. It's the biggest topics, the most yeah. popular ones. Sometimes the ones you've never heard of are great topics. I actually agree. Mm. Some of the ones we like, what? How could this be good? And at the end, you're like, that was actually good. Yeah, like remember Dave's report on saxophones, <laughs> <laughs> and we we're like, Dave, have you lost your I mind? Know. <laughs> they, you want, just nearly leaned over and hit space by the. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, mate. We'll stop you there. Yeah, no, we you just won't uh, release one this week. Bit <laughs> of a misfire this <laughs> week, mate. <laughs> I mean, we've done every week for six years, but we're not interested in this crap. Well, and then it was a fantastic story. Thank you. I can't remember a lot of it, but I definitely remember going, "Wow, that was actually really fun." Yeah, yeah. his name and was Greg Saxophone, and he fell yeah. down the stairs. That's yeah, what I remember. And yeah, I'm sorry it. for ever doubting you, David. I'll never do it again. Thank you. Well, I probably will. Um, but we always start with a question. Yes, that's right, to get on the topic. That's right. And it's my uh, my turn for a report this week. So my question to you is, what happened at the Hotel President in January 1935? It's a mystery. <laughs> <laughs> they don't know. What happened? I mean, I hope there's so many rooms in a hotel. I know, and January's a long month. <laughs> they could have been all sorts of things. Yeah. Yep. Oh, my goodness, like someone. I bet you someone had a wank in the bar. <laughs> Someone definitely had a wank in the bath. Of course. Man, I mean, multiple people had wanks. So yes, Matt, that is that is they've correct. They've got a sign in the lobby that says zero days since someone wanked in the bath. <laughs> Why are you wanking in the bath? Yeah. Where where are you putting it? <laughs> it's just going to be end up on you swimming about with you. <laughs> oh, you're thinking it's a full bath. <laughs> oh, I'm asking an empty bath. Either way. <laughs> That's oh. no place for a wank to bath, okay. especially the hotel bath. Yeah, if you everyone else is doing yeah, you it, you don't know who else is wanked in that bath. Feels like you've brought so some, it up. You're, you're creating some new primordial soup. Uh, it feels like you've brought this up and then realised this is a bit weird. Oh no, I never do that in a hotel. <laughs> um, Dave. <laughs> nah. How when, how very odd. How when, you're, dare you? when you're searching for a, a hotel, you click with bath. Yeah. I, I mean, I love a bath, but I don't think I can. Especially now, I don't think I can use a hotel bath again. I mean, a hotel bath. I, I don't think you can use anything in a hotel if that's what you're concerned about. <laughs> <laughs> now, what, Jess, I don't remember what this topic is. Okay, great. Um, Something happened that. in the hotel president. I think it was probably a murder. Yeah, correct, a murder. Um, specifically in room 1046. Ooh, that's a... Spooky number. This is a, a story that is always known. It's always referred to as the murder in room 1046. Ooh. Is that pre or post bath? Um, the bath is involved. Okay. <gasps> the bath did it. <laughs> <laughs> in some ways, yes. Oh, wow. wow. I'm so excited because I don't know anything about this topic. No, neither. Obviously, people were pretty pumped for us to do... Do whatever, became third in the poll, but I didn't know nothing. Yeah. This got more votes than so many famous topics. So, yeah, obviously the people people either know about it or just are intrigued by the name. Yeah, it's got an interesting name, and it's been suggested by a few people. Um, Ava Romaldo, Scott Hugh, uh, Adam Derbyshire, and Aaron Wolfe have all suggested this one. Aaron Wolfe. What are A names in there? Scott, really the, the odd one out. I hope your middle name starts with A, Scott, but um, if not... Welcome anyway. Yeah, new name's Anus. What's his last name? <laughs> Hugh. Anus Hugh. Well, that's pretty good. That's nice, actually. Good for a boy or girl. <laughs> uh, yeah, depending on the person, but probably normally beige. That's an Anus Hugh. <laughs> 
Mine's bleach. <laughs> <laughs> Probably beige. I don't think they I'm, are. Anyway. I, haven't, I haven't seen many. I'll, I'll check mine out later once I do a few stretches. Really only, um, yeah, probably my dogs is the one I've seen the most. Yeah. What colour you got? It's more of a pink. Pink. That's probably what I should have Yeah. Been. Brown? Yeah. I mean, they're called yeah. brown eyes. Yeah. <laughs> and so we've already talked about waking in the bath. Now we're talking about the colour <laughs> of the anus. have got the right idea, haven't they? Yeah. I think if you were, like, looking for a podcast on this topic and you've clicked on this one and you wanted, like, a true crime kind of feel, there's probably others. Yeah, there's someone else going, <clears throat> room 10 for Yes. Yeah. You're not going to get that here. You're going to get, what's the colour of an anus? <laughs> and the bath did it. Um, and look, we, we thank you for trying out our podcast, but this might not be for you. There are there are listeners, long-term listeners, uh, Patreon supporters of ours who say when they first heard it, they thought we were trying too hard for jokes. Uh, and then they went... Hang on, I love this show. Hang on. So maybe you could stick with it. Trying too hard for Jesus. <laughs> that That's the review you want. <laughs> and now they think we're not trying hard enough. Yeah. I watched a video um, on this topic and trying too hard for jokes was the uh, general theme. Two unfunny people trying really hard at jokes. It hurt to watch. So hopefully um, we're not that. So That's check. what sometimes people review us as. They say that. Plus Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Three obvious friends. Um, okay, here we go. Are you ready? So ready. In the early afternoon of January the 2nd, 1935, a man checked in to the hotel president in Kansas City, Missouri. He was well-dressed, wearing a suit and dark overcoat, and he had no luggage with him. He looked to be in his early to mid-twenties. He had a visible scar on his temple and cauliflower ear. His name was... Just Ro- one? Just one. Maybe yeah. both. Ooh. So he's a but definitely, or a rugby player? Yes, that's, yeah, that's um, a potential theory. If you don't know, yeah, cauliflower ear, it's sort of a, a condition or like an injury that usually comes from rugby, boxing, stuff like that. It's like blood vessels being burst or something yeah. over and over again. Yep. Nasty stuff. Or eating too many cauliflowers. Yeah, you got to get that balance right. Yeah, you got to get it right. Okay. Too much or not enough. <laughs> his name was Roland T. Owen, and his license showed he was originally from L.A. Owen paid for one night's accommodation, and he was shown to his room by bellhop Randolph Probst. <laughs> what so a there's great some, There's name. some incredible names in here. I'm going to do my best at pronouncing them consistently, but there's going to be some um, some variations. Probst is what I'm going to try to call him. Um, the two chatted a bit as uh, as Randolph showed him to his room and Owen mentioned that he'd stayed at a different hotel the night before, the Mulebark Hotel, but thought $5 a night was a bit steep. That's about $100 by today's standard. Um, five bucks a night, he's like, what, a fuck? what is this, a palace? Mm. And it's called the Mulebark. Yeah. Presidents does sound. That sounds better. It sounds better. Presidents must stay there. Hotel yeah. president. Who stays at the mule bar? Yeah. Probably. Donkeys. Yeah. <laughs> and Tree trees. What am I, an ass? <laughs> yeah. The pre- if presidents are travelling through uh, Kansas City, Missouri, uh, they choose to stay. Hotel, <laughs> hotel president. president. It seems like um, they uh, definitely don't. It seems like it was a bit of a rough hotel. Um, yeah. Not always the... Um, the classiest of clientele, right. I suppose. Not the good president, the shit president. Yeah, the shit president. Right. <clears throat> Former presidents. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know? Um, Probst showed Owen to room 1046, as Owen had requested it, 
Um, he'd requested an internal room that overlooked the courtyard rather than the street. He wanted an internal room. Probes noticed that all Roland T. Owen had brought with him was a hairbrush, a comb, and some toothpaste. All related. Can't <laughs> a little weird way of doing his hair. It's toothpaste on the comb. <laughs> comb that through. Brush it out. Brush it out. <laughs> Brush it out. Oh my god! I got toothpaste in my hair. <laughs> and repeat. <laughs> and that's how he gets his effortless <laughs> look with a lot of effort. <laughs> with a lot so of much that. effort. Costs a lot to look this cheap. <laughs> After Owen spent a few seconds unpacking his three items. <laughs> Did you say a few minutes? Three seconds. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Imagine that goes there. No, no, no. No, hang on, <laughs> hang on, hang on. Slowly. Ooh, too far. Ooh. He and Propes both left the room. Propes locked it from the outside and gave Owen the key. Owen left the hotel. Propes went about his day. Later on the same day, a maid named Mary Soptic, or Soptic, or Soptitch. Soptic. Soptic. Well, we know what's happening in the bath. <laughs> <laughs> Went to clean the room. Not, Soap, not a good loop. <laughs> oh, my God. No. <laughs> Lather's up, though. I've heard. <laughs> You've tried them all. <laughs> Any liquid or solid, I've tried them all. <laughs> tried them all. And there's a lot in the world. A lot of solids. Yeah, like a little... <laughs> Bricks. <laughs> Terrible. Cross. I've got a checklist. I'm wearing my yeah, little Excel spreadsheet. <laughs> yeah. Bricks, not good lubricants. Um, I'll just call her Mary, probably. Um, she went to clean the room, not realising that anyone was staying in room 1046. Somebody else had already checked out. She was like, oh, it's an empty room. Oh, no, he's moved into an unclean room. Well, as she entered, Roland T. Owen was in the room and she apologised for intruding. And he said, it's fine. And he allowed her to clean the room while he was in there. Why would you want that? That's the worst. Yeah. <laughs> you just got to, like, kind of watch someone clean your room. No, thank you. Um, she noticed the curtains were drawn and the only light in the room was from a small, dim lamp. It gave her the impression that, this is a quote, he was either worried about something or afraid. Just like sitting in a dark room. Anyway, a few, after a few minutes. <laughs> I mean, if I'm scared, what I do is make it as dark as possible. <laughs> <laughs> Makes me feel a lot better. Yeah, I feel safer when I can't see anything. <laughs> Maybe he was about to get changed or something. You know, like well, have a nap, or, or you have a nap before yep. you. So hang on, in. hang on. He's about to get changed. Firstly, he hasn't brought any clothes with him, but um, he has to <laughs> turn all the lights off to get changed. Well, much like his hair brushing system, uh, <laughs> he also his clothes are changing. He just takes them off, puts them back on again. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's nice. It's still change. Yeah. <laughs> he just turns his undies inside out. Yeah. Fresh. <laughs> After a few minutes, Owen put on his coat and went to leave and asked Mary to leave the room unlocked because he was expecting some friends to arrive any minute. Well, I've got friends. Then why is he leaving? That's weird. It is weird. A few more hours passed and at 4pm, Mary returned to room 1046 with fresh towels. She entered the dark room, but she could see that Owen was lying on the bed fully dressed. She thought, that's weird. (laughs) Again, it's a dark room. With the light from the hallway, though, she could see a note on the bedside table that said, Don, I will be back in 15 minutes. Wait. Don. Don. Okay. The next morning, Mary returned to room 1046 around 10.30am. The doors at this hotel could only be locked from the outside, so when she noticed the door was locked, she assumed Mr. Owen was out and she let herself in with her master key. She was surprised to see Owen in the room, sitting in the dark on the bed again. Again, she apologised, and again, he let her clean the room while while he sat there. Wait, so this is the next day? The next day. 
next morning. Like, geez, she's thorough. I thought it was the same day. <laughs> yeah, she had three visitors in one day. But I already thought two. Like, she's cleaned the room and the towels are separate. Yeah. This is a... Uh, it's because that's when the towels came back from the laundry. I think that we've just found our employee of the month. <laughs> <laughs> she's good. She's thorough. And she's on time. It's always like four o'clock with the towels. <laughs> The phone in the room rang and Mary overheard Owen say, no, Don, I don't want to eat. I'm not hungry. I just had breakfast. And then repeating, no, I am not hungry. Mary and Roland T. Owen made some small talk as she cleaned and she let herself out soon after once she was finished cleaning. Um, Her cleaning that morning included taking the dirty towels from the bathroom. So at 4pm, she returned with fresh towels. It's like a, a separate outsourced company is laundering the towels. So they come back and she'll take them to the rooms. She could hear two men talking, so she knocked at the door and a voice she didn't recognise because it was deeper than Owen's... Don. Oh, it's got to be the Don. ...said, who is it? This is Don. (laughs) Who is it? Because I'm Don. Who are they? (laughs) Who are you? I'm Don. How do you do? Put it there. Put it there. I'm Don. She announced herself, said she had fresh towels, to which the voice replied, we don't need any. And she knew this wasn't true because she'd, she'd taken the dirty towels. She's like, okay, I'll leave you to it. So that means they've got no towels. And zero towels in there now. That's a disaster. Ridiculous. A couple of hours later, around 6pm, a woman checked into the hotel. She'd spent the day shopping in Kansas City and also, I believe, visiting her boyfriend who lived in the city and wasn't feeling very well. So instead of driving home to Lee's Summit, a city just outside Kansas City, she decided to check into a hotel for the night. This woman's name was Jean Owen. No relation. Ooh. Ooh. No relation. Um, And she was checked into room 1048. Late that night, she heard men and a woman talking loudly and profanely. The hotel's elevator operator, Charles Blocker. Blocher? Blocker. Let's say Blocker. Ah, happy block. Happy happy block to you. He said the same thing. He said he started work um, just before midnight and said the hotel was fairly busy until it died down around 1.30am. Most of the noise was attributed to a party that was happening in room uh, 1055. Oh, what a nightmare. Party. Party next door at the hotel room. Yeah. I came here to this hotel room where President's Day. Yeah. For a good night's sleep. Oh, I just want some rest. I wasn't feeling very well for my day of shopping. You want to have a party? They'll use this hotel as a sanctuary. (laughs) Yeah. How dare you? Turns out it's like Teddy Roosevelt having a party. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, that's right. Fair enough. Okay. Classic Teddy. <laughs> um, Blocker also later recalled seeing a particular woman who the staff referred to as a commercial woman, which is a sex worker, visiting multiple male guests that night. She came in first sometime between, uh, sometime during his first three hours, so between like you know midnight and three. He took her to the 10th floor where she asked about room 1026. Half an hour later, the elevator was called to the 10th floor once again and it was this woman calling the elevator and she made a comment to Blocker that her client had not been in his room and that she'd been looking for him that time. This is the commercial woman. That's right. These has changed the meaning. That Now it would be the brand power lady. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Helping you buy better. Yeah. <laughs> Language uh, is beautiful, isn't it? Oh, God. Always so evolving. It's changing. It's evolving. It's just... It's fluid. It's liquid almost. Whoa. Liquid language. (laughs) Have you tried that? Have you tried language? Liquid language. Liquid language. I should give that a go. Great lube. (laughs) A very good lube. Could you just uh, speak some words (laughs) at my crotch? (laughs) (laughs) Nothing weird. (laughs) Nothing weird, please. Just a bit of language. (laughs) Um, So from Wiki, it says an hour later, Blocker took... 
her and a different man to the ninth floor. So this is probably like I don't is that know, a three a.m. ish, maybe. <laughs> At four fifteen, a call from that floor turned out to be the woman. He took her to the lobby, and she left the hotel for the night. Another call to the ninth floor, fifteen minutes later, turned out to be the man who had come up with her. He told Blocker he couldn't sleep and was going out for a walk. So these are all things that, like, at the time he's like, okay, well, whatever. How much of you are you taking into this, Dave? There's a lot going on. I know, there is a lot a going lot on. A lot going on. But now we're on the, a different floor, yep. different guy, Yep. just seen the commercial woman mm-hmm. and said, I've got to go for a walk. Yeah. Walk it off. Can't right. sleep, going for a walk. Too excited. <laughs> From stimulating conversation about what laundry detergent I should get. <laughs> For lube. <laughs> would that I would that certainly would not the powdered stuff. That's oh. what I would say. Straight off the bat. <laughs> a lot of it quite grainy. Yeah. Omo, no go. Like, if you want to exfoliate, <laughs> yeah. sure, but I wouldn't. No, my, my or skin down there in general, yeah. already pretty soft. Very soft and sensitive. <laughs> Almost gave too much away. <laughs> I mean, know your weak spot. The Royal Mai. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> At 7am the next morning, January the 4th, switchboard operator Della Ferguson started her shift at the hotel. She was preparing to make a, uh, a wake-up call to room 1046, but re- requested a wake-up call. So she's I love like, the right. fact that she's preparing for it. Here I go. <laughs> it doesn't feel like me, me, my bowl. <laughs> me, 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 <laughs> pick, pick up the receiver. No, no, no. Hello. No, no, no. <laughs> no. Good morning. Good morning. <clears throat> Good morning. No, too chirpy, too mum-like. Good morning. Oh, no. <laughs> but also, this is like back in the day of switchboard, so she's probably got to like pull a bunch of shit out, right. stuff some stuff in. You know, it's not just like pick up the phone. Pick up the phone, doll. 10.50. 10.46. 46. Doesn't just do that, you know. She's got to, there's wires involved. Right. Have you ever had a wake-up call? No. No, because I, I mean, I, I've been alive in the time of mobile phones. Yeah. And, or alarm clocks. Yeah, it doesn't feel like... I guess it's the kind of thing where it's like, well, I've made them call me. I have to get up. Yeah, like you, you can't can, snooze. You it. can easily ignore your phone yeah. alarm, but if someone is calling you, "Good morning, Mr. Warnicky," you're like, "All right, I'm up. I'm up. I promise, I'm up." I wouldn't. But then, like, how do they know if I've snoozed? You know. But I think that maybe it's just a psychological thing. Like, I can't let down whoever also, that was. Yeah. And also, I think the phone goes because you're not used to it. Like, it's so loud, you'd panic. Right. What the hell? Yes, yeah. yeah. I'm up now. Oh, yeah, that's right. I've got to go to the airport. Possibly yeah. not right next to your bed. You've got to get up. Yeah. yeah. Use yeah. the toilet phone. <laughs> Could you give me a wake-up call but on the toilet phone? <laughs> I need to make sure that I have to get out of bed. Uh, when I get woken up, I, uh, I shit myself. <laughs> it would be good if I could be prepared. <laughs> Thank you so much. So she's uh, she's preparing herself. She's doing her vocal warm ups. <laughs> she's getting her. She's doing her finger exercises. So she's comfortable moving those wires from place to place. Um, uh, and she noticed a light indicating that the phone in that room was off the hook. <sighs> and she's like, "Can't even fucking call you." Fuck, I just did a warm up for this. Yeah. That phone is off the hook. <laughs> <laughs> I was going red leather, yellow leather for nothing. <laughs> So bellboy Randolph Probst was on shift once again and he went up to the room. The door was locked and the do not disturb sign was hanging from the doorknob. Um, after several loud knocks, a voice from inside. What? I mean. Fuck, is nothing read, sacred? I felt, if that was me, I'd come out and tap the sign. <laughs> <laughs> tap the sign and then just close it. <laughs> <laughs> but he's asked for a wake-up call. I mean, but I feel like there's a hierarchy here and surely the do not disturb sign does that supersede. It, doesn't it? 
a wake up call. Yeah. Definitely. Sure, but they can't call you. Yeah, because the phone is off the hook and oh, yeah. do not disturb us on. Take he's, a changed his mind. he's changed his he, mind. That's clearly he's changed his mind. Yeah. I reckon. Let me have a sleep in. Okay. Or I was going to hit murdered. the gym. One of the two. I was going to hit the gym. Yes. <laughs> but now, I, you know, I didn't get a restful sleep. Ended up watching Letterman. Yeah. And I, you know what? I, I think I'm prioritizing quality sleep. Totally. I, I'm look, not 20 anymore. I need to focus I need on to sleep. Get those good hours. Yeah. That's, you've looked at the clock at 3 a.m. and thought, I'm still awake. I'm not yeah. going to be up in three and a half hours. This is ridiculous. And if I am, it's not going to be a good session. I'm just going to burn myself out. You know, right. I'm going to get a, some rest. A lot of weights training is in rest. You know, oh, absolutely. That's when your body recovers. Yeah. So you're recovering not before the yeah, session. Yeah, pre covering. <laughs> You're not resting. You're not going to have a good day at the gym. Exactly. And you're going to feel like shit all day. Get some sleep. Yeah. Let me tell you. So yeah, As I think I press snooze <laughs> every time. That's why I go to the gym in the afternoon. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, maybe you're right, Dave. Maybe he's changed his mind on his uh, on his wake up call. But regardless, they're like, well, the man wants to be woken. Is it a twenty four hour desk? Don't know. Because if it if you know if. if they close at 10, he might have made the decision yeah. after that and couldn't have let him know. Yeah, and they've only just started up again 7am or something. Not sure. Um, I guess there is because, like, the the elevator operator started work at, like, midnight. Oh, yeah, that's so right. There's... I forget this is in the time where everything, you know, you need a person to do the elevator. Yeah. So there'd be people there around all the time. Yeah. I mean, that's what you get for your five bucks. Oh, yeah, that's the service. <laughs> you're paying a staff of thousands. <laughs> hundred bucks a night if you're getting every single service is, is operated by a human. Like, do you reckon you put that do not disturb sign on himself or he got the do not disturb <laughs> yeah. operator to flip the sign? There's mm. someone waiting outside every door <laughs> ready yeah. to flip the sign. Yes, sir, which, what, which would, would you like But you still have it, to sir? go to the door, open it. Oh, no, there's someone for that. <laughs> So there's people in your room. Yeah, as well. someone sits with you in your room, oh. and you go, "Can you go to the door and tell the other guy?" Yeah, there to flip the sign. <laughs> and is that the, the person who's sitting in the room with you? Are they the same person who would run the bath for you? No, or? no, there's a bath person. <laughs> okay. oh, it's a bath operator, and and they will wank you too. That's a different guy. <laughs> the wank attendant. <laughs> <laughs> who brushes your teeth? Well, obviously the tooth tooth man. Oh my god! Everyone How many has... people are in your room? Sorry to gender all these as men, but it was a different time. It's a different time. These days, if you go to a hotel, it could be a woman, it could be a man, but back then. Back then, women really had switchboard operator yep. and maybe front desk. Commercial women. Commercial women. women, yes. But they were not allowed to do the important tasks mm. like flip the sign. No flip way. the sign or wank you Their off tiny in the bath. little dainty heads can't flip a sign. Come on. Come on. Different time. They didn't know. Science now knows that women can flip signs. Oh, yeah. But it, back then they just thought their brains were too small. It's too small. They can't handle it. Hands and brains too small. I don't understand, like, opposite sides and stuff. It's too much. We can't be bothered training them. Um, I think a dog could do it, to be honest. Um, well trained. <laughs> a very well, tra- a very smart dog. Um, so after several loud knocks, no and- offense to the flying, fl- the flying flippers and the flying swippers, yeah, which is sort of what we colloquially called them at the time. We have great respect for flying sl- slippers. Yeah, yeah, big time. I thought okay. there was another person operating the slippers. <laughs> yeah, it's a slipper operator. Yeah, not to be confused with. <laughs> <laughs> this is a nightmare. You were already saying there's too many people in this story. <laughs> well, so many, and now so we've many, made up more. Also so many witnesses to this murder because there was like 15 people in the room. Yeah. Accomplices, I think. Oh, I can't wait till Poirot comes in and gets all the people around. Oh, does the, the call out. Banker, Love the bath it. pourer. Mm. <laughs> the sign flipper. The slipper flipper. All of them. 
camera keeps cutting to all of them looking yeah. a little bit guilty. What is the meaning of this? This is outrageous. <laughs> and they all look quite similar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they all. I, I'm imagining them all being identical, like wow. they're clones. But it's 1935. Different time back then. They Different were time. they were allowed to do more cloning. They were cloning up a storm. <laughs> so anyway, Probst knocks on the door. He's knocking loudly. A voice from inside says, "Come in," but the door's locked. <laughs> And Probst didn't have a master key. So he's like, I can't. He knocks a bit more. <laughs> um, that's not solving anything. And then he just calls out to Owen, put the phone back on the receiver and left. <laughs> we so need we to do can, the wake up call. So Are you we awake? Can call you to wake you. Put the phone on the receiver so we can call you. God. Come in. Oh. It's like, <laughs> why, why keep knocking? If Owen was on the other side of the door, it would be so, it'd be the classic uh, Saints joke. Knock, knock. Who's, Who's there? Owen. Owen who? Owen the Saints. <laughs> Go marching in. So close. So close. I can't believe it was so close to a real life. There was a knock at the door. There was yeah. an Owen. Yeah. It was so close. <laughs> well, it could have been. Can I ask a question about this door logistics? Yes. The door only locks on the outside, but can you still open it from the inside if it's locked from the outside? Or if oh, that's an, are you locking at a hotel? Locking your you guests in. in? Yeah, I'm sure you must be able to. I'm not a hundred percent sure. But that's also interesting that you can't. So you just can't have privacy. Yeah, I, like if you're in the room, the door's open. Yeah, you've got a commercial woman there. Someone could just pop in if they want. Yeah. Oh, you know, well, while knock. you're sleeping. This is back oh, in the day when everybody would knock. <laughs> but is it, yeah, it's also back in the day where doors weren't really locked, I guess. Yeah. They didn't tend to be. The bloody good old days. Oh, yeah, when you could, you know, leave, leave your door doors open. open. Trust your, your neighbours. Your kids could go play on the street oh, yeah, from back dusk till dawn. When I was a boy, you know, my my internet was the the outside world. <laughs> <laughs> My parents would would kick us out the door at seven a.m. on our bikes and say, "I don't want to see you till dinner time." My video games were the trees. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like it sucked. <laughs> you know, you can still be outside and go, "Well, this is nice," and then you can still have video games. Anyway, uh, so Probst thinks Owen's just probably drunk. He told the switchboard operator, "Just give it an hour or so. Ign- and then- ignore the." The wake-up call, he's drunk. At 8.30, the phone had still not been hung up, so a different bellboy, Harold Pike, was sent to the 10th floor. You are not wrong about every name being great. Great names. Harold Pike. I know. Feels like the, uh, this is a fictional story. Yeah. I'm starting to doubt that it ever happened with these just names. The, it's just the 30s. Yeah. <laughs> names were better. Names were better. Video games were better. <laughs> they were trees. Baths were better. <laughs> Trees were better back then. <laughs> the do not disturb sign was still on the door and it, the door was still locked, but Pike had a master key and he let himself in. Inside, he found Owen in the dark, lying on the bed naked, apparently drunk. The light from the hallway showed some dark spots on the bedding, but rather than turning on the room light, Pike went to the telephone stand where he saw the phone had been knocked to the floor so he put it back on the stand and left the room. They're obsessed with the phone. Yeah, they, they don't care that this guy's naked, drunk, dark stains around him. Well, he... I feel like he's he's in his own room. He's allowed to be naked on the bed Yeah, and drunk. Yeah, Surely you're sure. allowed to do you're that. You're allowed to shit the bed, as he probably has. Yeah. yeah, And, it's, and he's if, a bellboy. He's like, one of the maids will fix that up. Yeah, he's, think, he's not thinking anything sus, probably. No. He'd just be no. like, geez, I, oh, really, I shouldn't. 
I should have just left him to it. Yeah. Surely he's feeling like I'll get in and get out. But he yeah. still did the phone. Yeah, he's yeah. Like, the phone's the well, most important might, part. Might be able to yeah, when we get in contact with him later. Yeah. So that was at about 8.30. Shortly after 10.30 a.m., another operator reported that the phone in room 1046 was once again off the hook. Oh, for God's sake. Off the hook. They're like, this, this fucking phone guy. phone is off the hook. <laughs> this guy keeps just fucking knocking the phone. Have some respect for phones. They're pretty new. <laughs> How drunk must he have been? So drunk. Just waving his arms around. How could he tell he was drunk as well just by lying on the bed? Yeah. Lying on the bed naked. Drunk. Are you kidding me? He didn't pack pyjamas. Yeah, so he didn't pack anything. So, yeah, what's he supposed to sleep in to keep his clothes fresh? So Before uh, they're going, huh, so I'm asleep, fully dressed. <laughs> now they're like, huh, so I'm asleep, fully nude. <laughs> this guy's just not allowed to sleep. I yeah. think that's their real problem. Yeah, they, they want to wake him up at all hours. So they're like, come on. So um, the phone's off the hook. Propst, the bellboy, was sent to the room to see what was going on. Again? Do not disturb sign still on the doorknob. This time, I Probst don't think had they respect the sign. No. no, they don't. At all. I mean, he's he's drunk, sleeping, naked. Says, "Do not disturb." Yeah. How about leave him alone? And, and, like, and I come. Ten thirty. It's not that late. It's not like he's there, been there for days. Yeah. Yeah, he's just he's having a sleep in. He didn't sleep well that night. So uh, I'd be furious. I'd be so I mean, pissed. this is me at a hotel room. You know. Yeah. Maybe I'll maybe I'll have some pants on. But I'm, I'm possibly just sleeping at 10.30. That would be a thing that's not out of the ordinary. Yeah. But the phone, Matt. Oh, The sorry, phone has to be phone. on the receiver, okay? <laughs> you guys are getting all up in the... And, oh, let the man sleep. What about the phone? No, let the phone true. be. I haven't thought about that phone. So Probst has a key this time. He knocks, no response. So he opened the door and found Owen on his knees and elbows... Which is a confusing... Yeah. You're playing Twister? <laughs> he's, he's about two feet away from the door. His head is bloodied. Oh, that's a rough game of Twister. <laughs> Probes turned the light on, put the phone back on the hook. <laughs> <laughs> this man's injured. Better put the phone back on the hook. And then noticed blood on the walls oh. of both the main room and the bathroom, as well as on the bed itself. There's blood everywhere. Jeez. When he turns the light on... Put the phone on the hook and then notices everything that would have been very apparent as soon as you've turned the light on. Wow, they're just it's just trained into them at this hotel. Yeah, get the phone on. <laughs> Number one, phone on the phone. hook. And ne- then look around the room. Um, so so pro- he's obviously alive. You can't yeah. be dead and and with you know holding yeah. your weight on your elbows. He's alive, but he's not well, and there's blood everywhere. Probes ran downstairs to get help. And he and the hotel assistant manager returned to room 1046. I mean, use the phone in that situation. For God's sake, you're obsessed with the phone. <laughs> you know, he goes back downstairs. Wait here. I've got to go down. The slow elevator, which he has to like get somebody to operate for him. Back down to 10. You're scientific, Dave. Is that fair to say? What's, I am a scientist. What's faster? Speed of sight, speed of sound. Mm-hmm. Speed of sight, isn't it? Mm. So running, <laughs> which you can see. Is faster than calling. Oh my That's god! That's true. Like oh for example, god. Usain Bolt is faster than the speed of sound. Yeah, and I assume this bellboy is only one notch lower than the fastest man ever. Yeah, you got to be quick to be a bellboy. That's right. So he runs down. They come back. Um, in the time that Probes had been gone, though, Owen had fallen on the floor, blocking the door, meaning Probes and the assistant manager could only get the door open about six inches. Eventually, Owen got up. <laughs> Speed of light, not speed of sight. <laughs> I thought you were doing a dizzy. 
I was doing a bit there, obviously, but... Uh, I thought you created a new thing, the speed of sight. Just in case there are... My eyes... Scientists tra- yelling at their eyeballs. My eyes travel so quick. Sorry, they're back. They've opened the door. They can only get a six-inch opening. Yeah. So he gets up. The two hotel employees are able to enter the room, and he... Owen went and sat on the edge of the bathtub. <gasps> oh, no. He's like... I'm going to need a minute. It's the most private spot <laughs> in the whole hotel. The police were called and a doctor named Harold Flanders from the Kansas City General Hospital arrived too. Other sources say it was like a hotel doctor on call. I love when Hard these things, it's someone has, like the truth is one of those probably. And yeah. someone else has gone, ah, it's just the, the other. Yeah. It's just, a, the, there was a doctor at the hotel. I just presume yeah. that each room has its own doctor at this <laughs> yeah, place. that's right. As it should. Kansas City, by the way, that's like, isn't that like an interesting city where it crosses state borders? I think it's in Kansas and Missouri. Is it that one? Yeah, but I'll be dead in the cold, cold ground before I recognise Missouri. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I didn't know that. And when I was reading, I was like, Kansas City, Missouri. Why is it Kansas City in Kansas? Oh, I, I might be wrong. I th- no, no, no. Because I, I think, because they won the Super Bowl the other year and, and people were talking about it a bit. I think Mike Goldstein's from there, I think. Oh, okay, cool. I think he's from Kansas. Oh, right. Well, thank you for correcting me there. <laughs> Missouri's western edge, straddling the border with Kansas. Oh, I love when a city straddles. Straddles. Where is Kansas City and Cowboy Country? Because they love straddling horses. I love it. They, even their cities straddle. This is a fun detour. Right as we got to like, sorry, this the, is like the like the spooky part. But I and presume that he's fine because he, if you're well enough to sit on the edge of the bath, like mm. he's obviously moving around. He's obviously he's got up off his is elbows. That, is that blood his? Like, is there's blood everywhere? You think you're probably struggling struggling to remain? Yeah, conscious. good point. I had earlier assumed he was going to be. Killed, but now maybe he's the killer or. <gasps> well, let's find out. So the doctor arrives. Owen had been bound with cord around his neck, wrist, and ankles, and he had bruising on his neck that suggested strangling. Ooh. He'd been stabbed in the chest multiple times. He had a punctured lung and a oh, fractured skull. Shit. When asked who had done this to him, Owen replied, Nobody. Oh, did it himself? He claimed that he'd slipped in the bathroom and hit his head on the bathtub. <laughs> oh, my God. Obviously, the bath didn't appreciate that and stabbed him multiple times in the chest. <laughs> so the phone, that could be the cord that's strangling him. Yeah. That's why it keeps, it was off the hook, maybe? No, nah, there's other cord. Okay. There's cord still there. <laughs> like, he's still bound. He's still bound? Yeah. And he's blaming, oh. it. he's blaming a fall in the bath. He's saying nobody... I fell, got tangled up in this cord. Yeah. It, it was, was just there. It would have actually been pretty funny to see. <laughs> <laughs> I can see the humour now. Yeah. Have you guys got cameras in here? It'd be very funny. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part, for every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. 
This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether it's your first ever website or your business is expanding, growing, getting bigger, it all means the same thing. Squarespace <laughs> makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. And if you're worried about like, well, I don't know how to write stuff for a website to make myself look good, well, you can get help with the written content for your website with Squarespace AI. You can generate instant personalized results that highlight your brand identity you can explain what your site's about choose your tone enter what you need and bang you got some short and long form text baby so squarespace ai makes it easy to go live stand out and succeed online i'm so glad you had that bit because i thought it was pronounced squarespace ai (laughs) (laughs) anyway sell exclusive content on your site by adding a paywall to sell memberships or courses or sell files your customers can download. I don't know if I'm hitting all these words as <laughs> intended, like PDFs, music, or ebooks. I would love to buy Matt's ebook. I'd like to buy Matt's course, and you you can do that. Squarespace has the tools you need to create and sell your own online course. Be more like Matt. Oh, okay. 101. <laughs> wow. Yeah. How many? One, does it go to 102? It goes all the way to 102. <laughs> wow. You can customise everything with next generation editing technology. You can create engaging lessons your audience will love and then set the price. You can charge a one-time fee or sell subscriptions. Matt, how much is it to be more like Matt 101? Oh, three mil. Wow. Wow. Like per month or? Yeah, USD. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Head to squarespace.com slash do go on for a free trial and to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Squarespace.com slash do go on. So he, I mean, Don's got to be right up there for suspects at the moment. Mm-hmm. Well, nobody did it, remember? Nobody oh, did it. Oh, but maybe that's Don's nickname, Mr. Nobody. Oof. Pretty good nickname. It's pretty good. It's also the bad guy from season one of Doom Patrol. <laughs> Mr. Nobody. Mr. Nobody. Mr. Nobody. Or John Eels. Could have been John Eels. Oh, the rugby. His nickname was Nobody. Really? Yeah, because nobody's perfect. Cauliflower Ears. Yeah. Oh, my God. John Eels. That's a really good nickname, though, isn't it? That is a great nickname. Yeah. Nobody's perfect. That is actually, I I don't think I'd heard that before. Yeah, it's real good. And he is. That's what they're saying. That's 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 He's perfect. Cool. Yeah, He's perfect. I actually love that. I didn't yeah. get it at first. Sorry, everyone. Yeah, I'm not a sports guy. <laughs> real good. Real, real. I good. get nicknames, but not yeah. sports not sport nicknames. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he's been obviously he has all those horrific injuries. He lost consciousness and was taken to the hospital. By the time he arrived, by the time they arrived at the hospital, he was completely comatose and died shortly after midnight oh. on January fifth. Oh, and he never. Jeez, he took the secret of who did it. Yeah, obviously he's held on quite a lot. Then he's clearly injured, yeah, severely, but well, well enough to move around a little bit and say nobody did it. Yeah, and then but he's just got horrific injuries. Succumbed to wow. Yeah, unless that was the killer throwing his voice oh. from like a darkened corner of the room. Nobody did it. It is no. a very dark room, and it was Johnny Hills <laughs> in nineteen thirty-five. Nineteen thirty-five, Johnny Hills. Is some sort of a vampire or time traveller? I mean, I I think we might have just cracked the Holy case. Holy shit. Wide open. And he was an ex-teammate. That's how he had the cauliflower yeah. ears. Yeah. Holy shit. Holy shit. We got it. We got it. Now we're officially a true crime podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Doctors performed an autopsy on Owen and determined that he died from his injuries. It's not a huge revelation there. <laughs> 
It could sometimes, like, sometimes it'll come out, it'll be like, oh, it's oh, it, poison. Was, it was drugs. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. You know, like that famous book that Dave wrote when he was a child. Thank you very much. Uh, two homicides, one victim. <laughs> That's good stuff. Thank you. <laughs> Dr. Flanders had examined not just the body but the blood st- the blood stains in the room, and since much of it had dried by the time he arrived, he estimated the wounds had been inflicted between 4 and 5 a.m. that day, explaining the dark stains on the bed that the bellboy Pike had seen earlier in the day. Oh. So they'd been like, they visited him two or three times, and he's been lying there dying that whole time. It's, it is like awful that they are so nosy, yet not quite nosy enough <laughs> yeah. to save him. yeah. Exactly. Yeah, they they like normally it'd be um, just a full mystery. Yeah, we have no idea what happened, but they've been popping in so much yeah. that they can piece together so much yeah. of the story. Yeah. No one saw him for thirty six hours, and then you know his his reservation was up, so we went in the room, and oh my god, he died days ago. Yeah, but yeah, really exactly. ridiculous. Detective searched the room and found no clothes or anything you would expect to find in a hotel room. The soap, shampoo, and towels were also missing. Oh, well, we know what he was doing with those. <laughs> There was no knife. Towels have also ruled them out. <laughs> Originally, they sort of went to like, they thought suicide. Oh. Which is a baffling well, way. So they just took his word for so it. So he stabbed himself, bashed his own head in, and yeah. then also tied himself up with cable. But the thing that made them realise it probably wasn't was that there was no knife in the room. So what could he have stabbed himself Threw it with? Threw into the, the internal window. courtyard. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there were plenty of knives down there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they found small items that they thought could be evidence, a hairpin, a safety pin, an unsmoked cigarette, and a full bottle of diluted sulfuric acid. Oh. What do you do with that? Uh, I looked it up. It's like in a lot of cleaning products, fertilizers, I think, stuff like that. Okay. Detectives did find fingerprints on the phone. We know a lot of people have hung up that phone. <laughs> but they didn't match Owen, and they were small, so detectives believed they belonged a to a woman. <laughs> Uh, what you said before about the small hands. I'm like, that's not something I think about women and their small hands. Tiny little but dainty hands. But it makes sense hands. why you had small women hands small on your mind. Uh, also, just as a woman, I have tiny little delicate dainty hands. It could be. <laughs> Look how tiny and delicate and dainty they are. <laughs> there could be women's hands, but you also mentioned that there was a bell boy. You didn't say how old he was. Is yeah. this like a grade two bell yeah. boy hanging up the phone? <laughs> Yeah, I think a fully grown woman hand size equates to about a grade two boy. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's the scale. That's the scale. So that sounds about right, yeah. So they're like, ooh, woman. <laughs> Officers in Kansas City contacted the LAPD because, remember, his his ID said he was from L.A. And they, they notified them. They, they called them to notify next of kin, but they were informed that they couldn't find a record of anyone under that name. Oh. This has got a slight Summerton Man vibe. Yeah. Mm. I haven't had a man around these parts for many years. <laughs> <laughs> so the, um, were, were, did the staff back then wear gloves? Feels like their bellboys and stuff might have worn Maybe. gloves. Yeah, not sure. Perhaps. Because otherwise you'd be like, there'd be so many fingerprints on there. Yeah, well, they, they I think, um, checked the fingerprints of the staff who had been in the room and it didn't. Right. Name. And I don't think the fingerprint technology was quite the same as it is now but um yeah they were small <laughs> so probably a lady yeah the police sought help through the press both of the city's evening newspapers carried the story on their front page the next day on january 6th the sunday newspaper reported that the man in room 1046 had died under an assumed name and tips began coming in 
Members of the public went to the local funeral home where he'd been laid out, like people who maybe had missing family members or they would go to the funeral home oh, and see if, it was, see if it was a person. Well, imagine that trip. Yeah. To the, just see, is this, is yeah. this our Larry or whatever? Yep. Oh, hectic. I know, awful. Wire services began picking up the story, so it ran in newspapers and on radio around the country. The police thought they had a lead when they discovered a bloody towel in the hotel, but it turned out it had just been used to clean room 1046 after the police were done, like because oh. there's a lot of blood in there. Yeah, so they right. found a towel. They're like, oh, evidence. <laughs> no, cleaning equipment. <laughs> Remember how Owen had mentioned that he'd stayed at a different hotel the night before he checked yes, out? Yes, the Bark, Mule Bark. Yeah, Mule Bark, yeah, well done. Um, police officers spoke to hotel staff at the Mule Bark Hotel, but no one named Roland T. Owen had stayed there. Staff did, however, say that a man matching the description of Owen's appearance checked in under the name Eugene K. Scott, also giving an L.A. address and also requesting an internal room. Right. Also, couldn't keep the phone on the fucking hook. Oh, my God. What a nightmare. We were so glad to see the back of that guy. Interesting that he's given him a middle initial both times. Was yeah. that required back then? I don't know. It seems to come up a bit in, like, a, a lot of these people have middle initials. Um, all of their names seem unique already. Yeah. Eugene K. Scott. I think I missed that detail before as well, that he asked for an internal room. Yeah. So he wants to know... Is that to avoid a sniper shot? Or... Yeah, I don't know. So he's not, nobody can see him from yeah. outside the hotel. Yeah. He's, up to, he's up to stuff that he doesn't want people viewing. Yeah. Interesting. So once again, the LAPD had no record of anyone named Eugene K. Scott. So they're like, what the fuck? <laughs> Where's this guy come from? A few people claimed they knew the mysterious dead man. A man identified the body as his cousin. But then when the man's sister came to view the body, despite a strong resemblance, she confirmed that the cousin had in fact died five years earlier. <laughs> so it's probably not their cousin. The guy's like, oh, I forgot that bit. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah, we've already buried him. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> that's interesting. It feels like, yeah, it's strange to confuse a yeah. person. Oh, no, this is definitely my cousin. There's a strong resemblance, but, yeah, that his sister was like, yeah, no, it does look like him, but... Her cousin died five years ago, and this is a relatively fresh body. A wrestling promoter, Cauliflower Ear. Oh, yes. From Little Rock, um, identified him. Arkansas. That's right. Arkansas, is it? Yes, that's correct. Yes, that sorry. Yep. some weird things in your head. Yeah. Just in my head just went, Arkansas. I don't know why. <laughs> Little Rock, Arkansas. That's right. Um, uh, he recognized the man, um, identifying him as uh, Cecil Werner. Oh. <laughs> I mean, you would. You change your name. Coming. You change your name. Oh, are you serious? Cecil Werner. I love it. Cecil Werner. Fantastic name. Cecil Werner. This maybe? might be the highest quality episode of names we've had. Oof. We're yeah. still waiting on a John, though. Yeah. There's not been a single dud name. Well, at the moment, we've got a John Doe, Dave. <gasps> <gasps> yes, we did it. Woo! Uh, the theme for Block this year is unofficially John. And Block may continue. Um, so he claimed that uh, this man had approached him around the beginning of December 1934, the year before, about wrestling some matches. And he'd referred Cecil onto another promoter, but that other promoter didn't recognise the dead man, so that lead went cold. There was a lot of that where it's sort of like uh. there's nothing really concrete. This is from Wikipedia. Within a few days, two new homicides in the city drew detectives' attention away from the case, even as more were assigned to the homicide squad. 
Leads were still followed, but less vigorously than they had been in the week after the case, and none of them yielded any significant information. Newspaper mm. coverage likewise dwindled. So it sort of became like old news. They're like, ah, there's no solid leads. We've got other shit on. Today's news, tomorrow's fish and chip wrapper. Am I right? Oh, my God. <laughs> so topical. <laughs> <laughs> so true. You know when you do wrap stuff in newspaper, though, and then it just gets ink all over it? Yeah, yeah. What were they? Was old newspaper must have been different when they used to do yeah, maybe. fish and chips. Or they just had inky fingers. Yeah, people were just gross. Inky chips. And I've packed stuff in, like I've packed plates and stuff in newspaper, and then it's just all over your hands and all over the plate. You got to clean all the plates again. Ugh, nightmare. <laughs> A couple of months later, in early uh, March, you looked relieved to get that off your chest. <laughs> I just felt I needed to get that out. <laughs> and um, thank you for letting me. Be vulnerable in this safe space. Hey, we gave you the space to mm. be vulnerable and we'll do it again. Thank you. Uh, in three to four weeks. Thank you. <laughs> you know you get an opportunity every now and then. Yeah, you let me know. Um, a couple of months later, in early March, the funeral home where the body was being kept announced that they would be burying the body in a potter's field, or also known as a pauper's grave, which was essentially where they would bury unclaimed people. Sometimes it was homeless people or sex workers or anybody that seemed less than oh my God. or just unclaimed. They would... They'd go in a pauper's grave. You can't just find a spot in the normal cemetery? Yeah. Now we've got a separate one. Oh, my God. The funeral home, though, received a phone call from a man saying, don't bury him in a pauper's grave. I'll send you the money for a pop- proper funeral. And said the man um, should be buried in Memorial Park Cemetery in Kansas City. A couple of notes there say it's like bury him. he has to be buried in this cemetery so he'll be close to his sister. Oh. But... Others sort of read it like it, it, so he'd be closer to the caller's sister, which doesn't make a lot of sense either. Uh. So idea, like the, I think the idea is that it, uh, he'll be buried in Memorial Park Cemetery, so he's close to someone's sister. So, oh, right, okay. Hey, we're all someone's sister. We're yeah. all someone's son. Oh, my God. <laughs> that is so true. <laughs> Whose sister are you? Hey, we all look at each other. Down, <laughs> Down the barrel of, of a gun. gun. Make it the anthem. Yeah. Oh. Make it the national anthem. Although, do you reckon it would lose some of its appeal if it was officially the anthem? Oh, yeah, definitely. I think we save that as an unofficial anthem and we make um, the Seekers the anthem. Oh, yeah. You know? Which one? Hey there, Georgie Georgie boy. Georgie Blimpy boy. Yeah. No, I think it should be Myra, Myra, many boats in the harbour gonna go down. So that's a great Seekers song. Yeah, right. Um, that was a shout out or a little joke just for my dad. <laughs> John! <laughs> John! John! <laughs> yes! We did it! <laughs> Do go John, our new <laughs> show name. Blockbuster this year. Do go John. Do go John. I think your the voice is it would be a good anthem, but yeah, you would probably get sick of it. Yeah, and I don't want to ruin it because it, you know, gives you chills every time. Not, I don't hear it that often though. So How then, often are you hearing the national anthem? It's not yeah. that often. Yeah, so I think you go for like, I am, you are, we are Australian. Because it covers everything. Yeah, love it. covers an flora and fauna. Anthem. <laughs> it covers our indigenous past. It covers our art and culture. Wow. So I um, am Albert Namajira. <laughs> and our dreams. Yeah. So it, 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 it acknowledges our waking lives yes. and our sleeping lives. Yes. And that's all you want in an anthem. Yeah. It also mentions having a voice yeah. similar to you're the voice. Yeah. So they partner well. Oh, my God. Maybe we could good. rotate them. 
Yeah. Mondays through Thursdays, Farnsy has it. Yes. Then on weekends, that one. Seekers. Is that the Seekers? Is that a Seekers song? Yeah. Huh. <laughs> Did not know that. <laughs> it is. The Seekers did that. Well, there you go. Um, so the, the funeral homes had this this call from a, from an anonymous man. The funeral director warned the caller that he would have to tell the police about the call. The caller said he knew that and it didn't bother him. But he even told the funeral director why the man had been killed. Oh. He said the dead man had an affair while he was engaged to someone else. The caller claimed that he himself, along with the two women the dead man was involved with, met the dead man at the hotel. And he said cheaters usually get what's coming to them and hung up. Oh, so he's paying for the, the funeral, but he's also possibly killed this man. Yeah. Yeah, right. Strange call. A few weeks later, the funeral home received an anonymous letter with $25, or about 500 today, which covered the expenses. Two other envelopes with $5 each were sent to a local florist for an arrangement of 13 American Beauty roses to go with the grave. And included with this payment was a card um, with disguised handwriting. So I guess they wrote right, with their left, left hand. hand. Yeah. <laughs> Either that or the handwriting. So imagine reading in the paper like, oh, that someone used disguised handwriting. <laughs> it was terrible. That's just my handwriting. Just, okay. <laughs> yeah. I really worked hard on that one. And it read... It was a card that said, Love Forever, Louise. Who the fuck is Louise? Who is Louise? Who the fuck is Louise? <laughs> Podcast title. <laughs> Who the fuck is Louise? So, yeah, right. So Louise, we've got to assume, is either the sister or yep. the ex or... Well, the sister is dead. Okay. But it could be a different sister. But it could be the fiancé. It could be a fiancé or, or the mistress. Ooh. You said fiancé in a fun way. I wanted to join in. <laughs> like a poirot. The mistress. <laughs> the mistress. So the funeral was held shortly afterwards. Besides the officiating minister, the only attendees were police detectives, some of whom served as pallbearers. Other detectives, posing as grave diggers, staked out the grave for the next several days, but no one came to visit. Wow, they just pretended to dig for days. <laughs> this is taking forever. <laughs> The story didn't completely die down and newspapers continued to print pictures of the dead man in a hope to discover his identity. One day, a friend showed a copy of the American Weekly to a woman named Ruby Ogletree in Birmingham, <laughs> Alabama. Wow. This episode keeps giving. Ruby Ogletree. Oh, my god! It gets better. The unidentified man looked a lot like her son, Artemis Ogletree. Oh, my <laughs> word. <laughs> who she hadn't seen since he left for California the year before in 1934. California, okay. Ruby contacted the Kansas City police and was able to give a detailed description of her son, including a description of a scar on his head. <gasps> I say. Which Good she, Lord. Which she explained was the result of a childhood accident with hot grease. <laughs> he was playing with his uh, toy, the deep fryer. and um... <laughs> Had a little spill. It was a match. The man who'd been killed in room 1046 was not Roland T. Owen, but was, in fact, Artemis Ogletree. Oh, oh. why would you change your name? It's incredible. So good. And he was not in his mid-20s, mid to late-20s, as they had suspected. Early to mid-20s, Jess. Early to mid. So that you remember. <laughs> but he was, in that fact... That and Milbark. <laughs> How old was he? 17. Oh, oh shit. Absolutely brutal. 
yeah. to be aged up like that and also brutal that a teenager's <laughs> been killed, can I just say? But also- I did assume he was going to be older. Nah, he was, a, he was young. So despite having an identity for the dead man, there was still a lot of questions to be answered and no solid leads onto who had murdered Artemis. Ruby had received fairly regular correspondence from her son while he was travelling, but the last three letters had arrived after Artemis's death. Oh. The first was in early 1935. It was postmarked in Chicago, and it aroused ah, her suspicions. <laughs> the the Windy City. city. <laughs> I thought recently uh, San Francisco, the 49ers, they won in Chicago, and they tweeted... The win in caps, D-City. Oh, that's good. That's fucking good. I hope the social media person took a day off yeah. after that. How long has that been in the draft? They got applauded out of the office. They said, I'm taking a half day. I've nailed it. When got themselves a little latte or something as a treat. <laughs> so, but she got the letter from Chicago and thought it was suspicious? Yeah, because it was, it was uh, typewritten. And as far as she knew, Artemis didn't know how to type. <laughs> She's like, okay, he's, that's weird. He's been away for a while. Maybe he's learned how to he's type. Learned how to type. But the language in the letter was also very colloquial, lots of slang, and it wasn't very consistent with previous letters. I love deep dish. I don't think he's ever had a deep dish before. <laughs> Michael Jordan's my hero. <laughs> God, it is windy out here. <laughs> In May of 1935, so this is several months after Artemis had died, Yeah, another letter from Artemis said he was going to Europe. It was followed by a special delivery letter saying that his ship was sailing that day and both of those were sent from New York. In August, she received a phone call from Memphis, Tennessee, from a man who claimed Artemis had saved his life in a fight but that Artemis couldn't call her because he had gone to Cairo. Oh, wow. The man on the phone said Artemis had married a wealthy woman there and was safe and well, but he couldn't write to her because he had lost one of his thumbs in the same fight in which Artemis had saved the caller's life. Thumb? What an elaborate cover-up. Yeah. Too much detail in that lie. Yeah. Ruby talked with the man for about half an hour. She recalled that he spoke wildly and irrationally but seemed to have first-hand knowledge of Artemis. Um, And I think she gave the police that man's name. But that's never been released. We right. don't know that. And you'd have name. to assume it's a false name as well. Yeah, probably. Yeah, that's right. Don. <gasps> so he was seventeen. Yeah. Wow, I know seventeen. It's like almost like five dollars is worth a hundred now. Seventeen yeah, is kind of like thirty-five. Man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if Artemis had at some point before his death gone to Egypt or anywhere else overseas, he hadn't done it under his own name because no ste- steamship companies at the time had any record that he'd travelled with them. And the the consular section at the US Embassy in Cairo was unable to find any evidence that he'd been there. So that probably wasn't true, but who knows. So there are a few theories and a lot of questions, like who is Don? (laughs) Was that woman in the the elevator operator saw involved at all? Could it have been Bradman? Oh, He was around. I think he was on top of the world around that time, wasn't he? Could have made it to America? Yeah. I think he did make he toured America. Oh nah. I can look it up when he exactly did tour America, but didn't he do a tour of America um and the maybe met Babe Ruth over there? Yeah, that's right. Uh-huh. Yeah, hang out with some baseballers. What year was this, Bob? Thirty five. We may have cracked it up. You keep talking, I'll just double check. Yeah, this. you just have a quick quick Google, but I think we've <laughs> we'll yeah, probably, I mean, I mean you, you you keep blathering on. 
<laughs> about I've got some more written down. Let's get through. Let's get through the written text. But we've we've fucking done it. We got it. So through Ruby, the police established a third hotel that Artemis had stayed, the Saint Regis. Oh, there he had shared man. a room with another man. Was this Don? We don't know. <laughs> oh, they just knew he, there was a shared room, a twin room. So. A couple of years later, in 1937, New York police arrested a man named Joseph Martin on a different murder charge after he had killed a man he was sharing a room with. Among several um, aliases, one that Martin used was Donald Kelso. Oh. Short for Donald? Don. Oh, Don. (laughs) (laughs) One source says that his handwriting also matched letters written to Ruby Ogletree. But despite these facts, no arrests or charges were made in relation to Artemis's murder. Uh, Don's tour was 32. Bit early. Bit early. Okay. Damn it. We were so close. Very close. Maybe this Don you're talking about now could be the Don, though. But did you hear that part where his handwriting matched letters to Ruby Ogletree? I mean, that feels like a pretty good clue. It does, but there were no arrests made. Really? Nothing. Jeez. Why? No idea. The case was kept open. Different detectives reviewed the case every few years through the 50s. Um, Each time they noted they would keep the case open and follow up, but no new evidence was uncovered and gradually the case just went cold. So who is Don? Was that commercial woman involved? She claimed to be going to room 1026. Did she mean 1046? Oh, yeah. Well, Artemis may not have even been in the hotel earlier that night because at 11pm that same night... A man named Robert Lane, who was a city worker, was driving on 13th Street near Lydia Avenue. These are all places, obviously, you can visualise so specifically. Um, saw a man dressed in only an undershirt, pants and shoes run into his path and flag him down. When Lane stopped his car, the man apologised, saying he, had, he thought he was a taxi. The man asked Lane if he could take him somewhere that he might be able to get a taxi, and Lane said, yeah, sure, get in. And he said, you look as if you've, you've been in a bad because he was, uh, like, he was, he looked like he'd been beaten up. In a bad? Was that In it bad. Oh, right. The man said something along the lines of, I'll kill that son of a bitch tomorrow, or something like that. Right. Presumably in retaliation for whatever had been done for him. In the rearview mirror, Lane saw a deep scratch on the man's arm, and he also noticed that he was cupping his arm, possibly to catch blood from a more severe wound. And he dropped him off at an intersection where taxi drivers often waited for fares, and uh, the man got out, thanked him, and Lane drove away. And after Artemis's death, remember, like, a bunch of people were going to view the body? Yeah. Lane went, and he saw the same scratch on the arm and went to the police, telling them he believed Ogletree had been the man he picked up. But that doesn't – if he'd been, like, beaten up outside of the hotel, that doesn't explain blood all over the hotel room, the stab wounds, the fractured skull. Like they had another go at him or something. Yeah. Why didn't he drive him to the hospital? Yeah. I guess he, if he didn't want to go. Yeah, he just took it, He just did what he asked him to do, yeah. take him to a, where I could get a taxi. Very, very odd. New interest in Roland T. Owen um, surfaced in 2003 when someone contacted the Kansas City Public Library librarian, John Horner. Again, another amazing John. name. Another John. <laughs> called him. The caller didn't identify himself but said he'd phoned from outside Missouri and that someone had recently passed away and while he was going through the belongings of the deceased person, he discovered a box full of old newspaper clippings. All of these clippings were about the murder of Roland T. Owen. 
Also in the box was something that the newspaper reports had mentioned. The caller refused to say what this something was or identify themselves. Uh. He said, I found a bunch of clippings and I found something that's oh, in no. the clippings. Every time that happens on Poirot, they're on the phone and they get stabbed whilst they're saying yeah. that. I can't tell you what it is now. We need to meet tonight at yes. midnight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Poirot's like, are you okay? What is the clue? What is the clue? Fuck. Tell me the fucking clue. Every time. If that happens on Get Smart. Max Smart will be leaning right over him going, tell me, what is it? And they're whispering. And then he finally hears they say, can you get off me? I can't breathe. (laughs) That's good stuff. That's good stuff. stuff. (gasps) Don Adams. (gasps) Is that the Don? Don. Maybe. So the case remains unsolved. No. Whoa. Until now. It's a mystery. So did they ever talk to that guy with the box? No, nah, never identified himself. Or why said did what? He, why did they say that? Yeah. What's the point of calling in? Yeah, and saying I've got all these clippings and I've got an item, but I'm not telling you what it is and I won't tell you who I am. Oh, so, man. And, and the librarian's like, why are you calling? <laughs> so the librarian, John Horner, he was like blogging about it on the Kansas City Public Library website. And I could, I've looked, but I could only find like his part one, which is a very early part, but I think he was sort of like updating this and that's sort of when uh, he was writing quite a lot about it and and obviously that's probably why somebody contacted him, Um, but I couldn't find any more updates. Wow. Well, you know what happens when we do an episode, especially about a mystery, Mm. get solved soon after. Yeah. Get solved or becomes a movie soon after. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so one of the two. So, But for the time being... It seems that the mystery of room 1046 may never truly be solved. But it sounds like it was this Don guy. Yeah, probably, but who the fuck's Don? But who is Don? Didn't you? You had a name, didn't you? But but he wasn't, like, obviously there was no solid lead. It was, like, handwriting looked similar. And one of his many aliases was Donald. Yeah. But, you know, not there weren't that many names back and, then. And who is Louise? <laughs> yeah, who's Louise? Jess, there were so many names back I then. I know. This report just proved <laughs> it. So many names. Yeah, who's Louise? Who called the funeral home? W- were the the voices that, um, you know, the other, the other another woman heard, were they the fiancé and the mistress? Were, like, who was in the room? Hmm. A 17-year-old possibly getting killed because he had an affair. Yeah. What a grim tale. It's baffling. But there's just so many... And they talk about it like this is just what happens. If you cheat, you die. Yeah. I don't think that is normally how it goes. get what's coming to them. Though normally they probably end up a bit unhappy. Yeah, hopefully dumped. Because they haven't, you know, they've not been good in a relationship. Yeah. But... uh, Wild. So I don't know if that's a, an, an unsatisfying ending, but it is it's still a mystery. Such an intriguing story, though, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, there's just so many questions. You sort of go, well, yeah, like, okay, there was a voice saying, oh, we don't need towels. Who was that? Yeah. They overheard people yelling and, and I guess, arguing. So who who was that? Why did nobody see this man and, and t- maybe two women, one woman entering? entering? yeah. Coming and going. Right. There's, a, there's a hundred staff members. Why <laughs> did nobody see anything? Sounds like he could have been bashed beforehand and then attacked again in yeah. the room. Like. Yeah, exactly. So, he, yeah, this this guy just driving home sees this man. It's 11 p.m. and he's been obviously quite beaten up. But then he goes back to the hotel where there's blood everywhere. So it's 
Has he been? And he's hit skulls fractured. So what's happened? Yeah, and then he's asked who did it. No one. Nobody. And but Don isn't Don also the like a name for the head of the mafia family? Yes, it was the Don. Maybe that, it was that's the another Don. that's another theory. Yep, that I did read um, in a couple of places. There was like so if he a, cheated on the Don sister or something. Yeah, oh, or daughter. Louise. Yeah. But, yeah, that's another theory that it, could it be some sort of mafia link? But, again, nothing really solid. What makes me think that's not the case is I've been watching The Sopranos uh-huh. and, you know, there's a lot of hits on different people in it. They always leave their curtains open at night time. I'm like, people <laughs> can just look in. Whilst you're murdering someone. Just all, all the time. Like when they're um, waiting, they're afraid of maybe someone's coming for them or whatever. Yeah. They're just, and I think it must be a lighting thing. For, you yeah. know, for the shoot, that they, some external light source is being used through those windows is my guess. But I'm like, why, why are they keeping these open? Mm. That's a good point. People some, are just looking straight in if some, they want to. Some people have no shame. You walk by the house, you're like, close your fucking curtains. <laughs> Especially if you're worried that you, someone might assassinate you. Yeah. yeah. You're giving them a clean shot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Bulletproof glass. Oh, that's clever. That's why they're cocky. <laughs> Go on, try. Give it a go. Wow. So what, do you have a a theory, Bopper? Well, I'm not really sure. Like, yeah, I I assume, I mean, if Don didn't kill him, Don probably has some answers, but they don't know who Don is. And it's too, like, it's so long ago now that you can't really interview people about it. The guy with the box. Just give it all up. It would be amazing if that was the murderer and he kept all the clippings. Yeah. It seems like that happens occasionally from things we research where the killer will keep evidence. They'll be fascinated by their own story. Mm. But, like, that person – so the person who called was clearing out stuff of a deceased person. So so even if that was the killer, they're dead. Yes. So – if oh, it, unless it's, that's why I think get, get the closure, help everyone else out. Sure, but like if that's your dad, oh, you don't want them. Maybe you wouldn't want to. Yeah, true. Sully dad's name. Then why make the call? Exactly. Yeah, that's the confusing part. You put it in the bin and you hope no one. And ever what finds could it. it be that they they have? Is it like what the, knife the knife? Or yeah. yeah, they said it was mentioned in the newspaper. Some of the towels. Yeah, <laughs> it was the bellboy. <laughs> like, yeah, we had some of those fresh towels that never got changed over. <laughs> So Beautiful it, Sheridan tales. Oh, lovely. So it's yeah, it's it leaves a lot of a lot of questions. It's a really weird one. It was very fun to kind of to write about, to be honest. Did you ever feel spooked? I was writing it pretty late at night. With the curtains open or closed? Uh closed. But I also wasn't in a hotel. So I was like, oh, I'm fine. <laughs> Safe in my house. Yeah, this killer only kills people in hotels. Yeah, so I'm a, I'm all good. It's also not 1935, <laughs> yeah. so I'm all right. The killer's probably That's dead. That's true. And I can lock my door from inside and outside, so. what? When so. did the when was that box found? 2003. 2003. So what's that? Nearly 70 years later. I think, yeah. 68 years later. So, you know, you assume maybe it, the guy was 30. Be a pretty old killer. Yeah. I mean, it, it would have se- been old if that was him. Another 17-year-old. That's true. Yeah. Or it was the son of the killer. Yeah. Yeah, who's also kept that secret, like their dad confessed to them or something. Yeah. They yeah. It down. Who knows? Isn't uh, it wild? Yeah. So it's, I mean, yeah, I guess we just sort of have to wait a few weeks, maybe a couple of months, and it'll um, there'll be a That's news right. article about it and they'll have solved it. 
Yeah, I think that that should be coming out soon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, stay tuned for the follow-up. <laughs> but great report. That was fascinating. Mm. Really yeah, enjoyed that. Thanks to everyone for voting in. So that's the third most voted for topic this year. The next two weeks, even more people voted for it. So if you thought that was a good topic, <laughs> just, <laughs> you you wait. just wait. Just you wait. Just you wait. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, they are very good topics coming. <laughs> I can't remember what they are right now, but I'm pretty sure they're It's going to really be good. fun. Uh, next week, I think we've got a guest mm. again. Two guests mm. in block. Don. Don Jr. <laughs> Don Jr. He's still himself 75 years old. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, I guess it's now time for everyone's favorite section of the show where we get to thank a bunch of our supporters who make this show possible. It goes for about half an hour, and my God, it is a whole lot of fun. <laughs> Can't wait to get into it. If you want to support the show, you can do so at uh, com or patreon.com slash dogoonpod. There's a bunch of different levels. Jess, what are, what are the kind of rewards you can get? You get a, a newsletter. Newsletter. <laughs> News, but later. Newsletter yeah. sporadically. Yeah, newsletter is probably newsletter. a more appropriate it's, um, <laughs> name for it. Look, we'll, it'll get back on track. How and when, I'm when, not sure. Now we're living our lives. It was a bit dull for a while when we are all in lockdown doing nothing. But I also um, lost all track of time. So it would, it would roll around to newsletter day and I'd be like, oh, <laughs> oh, no. Um, you're, but, you know, don't let that deter you. That's, <laughs> that's one of the, the You've got access peasy. to all the old newsletters exactly. if you want them. Right. What about the bonus episodes? But we don't forget those. They, three of those go out every single month. That's right. Um, you also get, you know, advanced tickets to shows and which will be happening and hopefully now that mm. we're out and about again and you get access to a, a just a lovely community of like-minded individuals yes all that made it sound like a cult um, which it kind of is kind of is i guess <laughs> but a nice one where yeah. often the members now send each other snacks and magnets all around the world yeah, which is cool that's really so nice. cool yeah that really warms the cockles of my art <laughs> sorry governor <laughs> we're a bit <laughs> Went a bit chimney sweep there. Oh, my eye. It warms the cockles of my eye. It does. It does. <laughs> Boy, Jingo. <laughs> Jess was on a recent episode of Book Cheat, and um, <laughs> we were doing, oh, my God, the Bronte, was it? Well, Jane Eyre. Jane Eyre. And that English accent came up a few times. It is so. I loved it so much, I put, like, a little snippet at the end of the episode. <laughs> I haven't even heard oh, the end of it. Yeah, oh, I love so. it. That's just how I talk around my house now. That was, a, a, yeah, really, really funny. <laughs> just hearing that again just reminded me. How wonderful. <laughs> it was about how much you hate kids. <laughs> in, ca- in character. Yeah. How much the character hates kids. So funny. <laughs> was it, did it take a lot of work to get to that character, Jess? Yes. <laughs> a uh, lot. So we- I'm a method actor. <laughs> uh so, the first thing we like to do is the fact, quote, or question section. So, if you're on the Sydney Scheinberg level, you get pretty much all uh, the rewards, plus you get to give us a fact, a quote, or a question, and we rotate through these. I think this section actually has a little jingle, goes something like this. Fact, quote, or question. Ding! Always remembers the ding, and yes, that's exactly how it goes now, I remember. <laughs> uh, first up, we've got Daniel Headley. And uh, you also get to give yourself a title in this group. And Daniel Headley's called himself musician, apparently. <laughs> oh, I love that lack of confidence. <laughs> I relate. Um, and Daniel, I, I call myself a comedian, apparently. <laughs> yeah, semi-pro comedian, apparently. <laughs> I guess. I told you one time when I was up in Brisbane, I um, 
one of the promoters got me a gig on this other lineup, and when I got there, they didn't have my name on the on the running list. It just said, no, maybe it had my name, Matt Brackets, semi pro comedian from Melbourne. <laughs> Which I love. What loved. was everyone else? Amateurs, or they were like actual pros? I think I think it was maybe it was an open mic, and they yeah I, don't, I can't remember. And they're like, oh, we got just, ourselves a semi pro. Oh, the semi pros here. Quite a funny description. <laughs> semi pro. Yeah, it's hard to know if that's talking you up or down. <laughs> I'm not really sure either. But if I think about it, it's like. I mean, your work is entirely comedy, so you're you're a pro. You're a full pro now. You're a full pro. I've gone full pro. Um, <laughs> anyway, so Daniel's fact is, it's bragging time. Oh, yes! So really, it's not a fact, it's a brag. Yeah. And he says, a couple of weeks ago, when Melbourne went into lockdown number six, mm-hmm. I got a surge of inspiration to do something creative. I can play a bit of guitar, and I'm not a terrible singer. I love... <laughs> Can't just say, I, I, I'm a singer, it's like, yeah. I fully relate to this. You're like, I'm not the worst singer in yeah, the world. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not tone deaf. <laughs> but I'm not tones and I. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dave, that was very good. Thanks so much. <laughs> uh, so I decided to write a song over the weekend. I grew up in Rosebud. Rosebud. <gasps> what does it mean? <laughs> Beautiful spot. Beautiful, gorgeous. Uh, a pretty sleepy retirement beach town south of Melbourne, and it sucked. <laughs> so I wrote about that. Oh, I don't know if it... Oh, anyway, I mean, I'm... Well, a, it's, maybe it's Maybe to, to live there, there, but it is a, it's a great spot to visit. Yeah. Uh, For a weekend. Casual, uh, a nice romantic weekend. Oh, yeah. I think that's also... Is that where Steele grew up? I think Steele Saunders, the comedian, is from there, yeah. Uh, Semi-pro comedian. He's <laughs> <laughs> hoping to go full pro. <laughs> Just because he runs a successful uh, skate shop, doesn't he? That's the only thing keeping him from going going full pro. <laughs> He's too successful otherwise. He uh, says, and I did it. I wrote and recorded a whole thing, the whole thing in just two days. The day after, we went into extreme lockdown with curfews thanks to an engagement party attended by 69 people. <laughs> so I wrote another song about that in, half, uh, in about an hour. I'll post them on... In the Facebook group, when you read this out, I'm really proud of myself. So, thanks you for giving me a platform to guilt free spread the word. Oh, that's oh, lovely. Love it. That's so cool, that's Daniel. Great. Well done. Well, this is what we're talking about the uh, the little online community that we have for the supporters. Mm. So, if you're in there, um, yeah, go check out Daniel's songs. And if he lets us, maybe we'll share them on the um, public feed as well. Uh, thank you very much, Daniel. Love that brag. That's a great brag. Brags are always welcome. Because fact, quote, a question or brag. Yeah. Yes, and there's another suggestion. one. Suggestion. Fact, quote, a question, brag or suggestion. Yes. Yes. I've got cha- to change. We got money to change the jingle. <laughs> I fact, just quote, did. Fact, question. I did. Now we're going to wrap and it And the rest. <laughs> uh, the next one comes from a first timer. In the fact, quote, or question, brag, or suggestion <laughs> section, uh, what a name, Wheat Whittington, oh. or Wheat Wheatington. Oh, beautiful. Uh, who's given themselves the name Emperor of North Cornwall and South Devon. Ooh, Ooh. an emperor. My liege. Pasties and scones. I all love right. Love it. <laughs> North Cornwall and South Devon, but not all of Cornwall or all of Devon. Yeah. Is that what I'm saying? Yeah. Just, just bits. Love that. You know your territory. Yeah. That's important for an emperor. Yeah. <laughs> and Wheat has offered a quote. Wheat writes, 
I've just finished re-listening to your World War One two-parter and enjoyed it just as much the second time around. Oh, thank you very much, Wheat. It made me remember this quote from F. Scott Fitzgerald's book, Tender is the Night, uh, which was used in Dan Carlin's podcast and which seemed to sum up the Western Front trench warfare very well. Here's the quote. It's long-ish. I'll do my best. This land here cost 20 lives a foot that summer, he said to Rosemary. See that little stream? We could walk to it in two minutes. It took the British a month to walk it. A whole empire walking very slowly, dying front and pushing forward behind. And another empire walked very slowly backward a few inches a day, leaving the dead like a million bloody rags. Rugs. (laughs) A million bloody rugs. I reckon mine was better F, Scott, but anyway. (laughs) No Europeans will ever do that again in this generation. Why, they've only just quit over in Turkey, said Abe, and in Morocco. That's different. The Western Front business couldn't be done again, not for a long time. The young men think they could do it, but they couldn't. They could fight the first Marne again. Marne? They could fir- Battle of the Marne. Yep. They could fight the first Marne again, but not this. This took religion and years of, and this took religion and years of plenty and tremendous sureties and the exact relation that existed between the classes. The Russians and Italians weren't any good on this front. You had to have a whole sold sentimental equipment going back further than you could remember. There was a century of middle class love spent here. This was the last love battle. End quote. Wow. You familiar with that one, Dave? No, I don't know um, that quote, but it's beautiful. Tragic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mate, yeah. I think just that first part, especially saying 20 lives a foot. Yeah. And saying we could walk to that stream in two minutes mm. and it took a month to walk there inch by inch. Yeah. Jeez. Thank you very much. Wait. I appreciate that very much. Uh, the next one comes from Sophie Robson. And Sophie has given herself the title. I think so- <laughs> Sophie sometimes changes her surname because she forgets she got married. <laughs> and I think she's done that here. Anyway, uh, Sophie writes... Group mum, Laura, go walk the dog. Aaron, mow the lawn. Catherine, tidy your room. That's her title. Love that. She's the group mum. Uh, Sophie's the one, if I'm not mistaken, because of the changed surname, who uh, sets up all the snack swaps. And yeah. Fantastic work. So- God, Sophie God, Shooter. God. Sophie Shooter. Shooter. Also made our little key rings. So cool. And I said... I was confused by I thanked her in the group, but was like, I'm not exactly sure who this was. And then she replied like, uh, it was me. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, you signed off Sophie, Sophie Robson. She's like, oh, I forget I'm married sometimes or something like that. <laughs> uh, Sophie writes, as Snack Swap 2021 is in full swing, what one snack would you A, send to someone in a different country and B, hope to get from a different country? <sighs> And like I always ask, Sophie has answered her own question. If, if you are in this section and you ask a question, love it if you can answer it as well. Do you want to hear Sophie's answer first? Yeah. While you think? Uh, Sophie writes, mine is to send Tunnock's Tea Cakes, a soft biscuit with a dome of marshmallow on top and covered in chocolate. Oh, what do we, we call them? Snowballs. Or Royales. Royales. Royales have jam ones. in them as well, don't they? Oh, uh, yeah. Royale with cheese. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's... Made it gross. <laughs> um, I mean, 
Love cheese. <laughs> love royales. Yeah. Put them together. Put them together. <laughs> what a day. Uh, yeah, Tunnock's tea cakes. They sound, they sound great. Uh, and I would hope to get anything but clinkers. What even are those? Oh, I like clinkers. Me, nah. I like clinkers a lot. They're sort of like uh, like different coloured banana confectionery covered in chocolate. They're harder. Harder, yeah. They have like um, almost like honeycomb style. Yeah, that's it. Texture on the inside. And you play the game where you go, because it's pink, yellow, and green. And you go, oh, I think this is a pink one. And they all have different flavours too. And you bite it. And then you go, oh, I was right. Yeah. A little Come insight on. into how much fun Australian children have. Oh, my God, we have so much fun. <laughs> so much fun. On road trips. Um, I would if I would send because obviously the theme or you know often with snack swaps it's sort of like stuff you can only get in your yeah. country so and I know you can get it elsewhere but maybe Milo or Tim Tams yeah they got to be two of the classics yeah Tim Tams are fucking good too I've been back in a Tim Tams lately oh, oh double coat double coat yeah. yeah double coat oh, all yeah. go home double coat should be the default now yeah. who wants single coat it's like Panadol and Panadol Rapid. It's like, why would I, Carla, why would I get want a joke? It's like, yeah, sometimes when I just want the pain to go away a little slower, yeah. I'll get Panadol standard. Um, yeah, I think Tim Tams is, has to be one. Yeah. That's the quintessential. Yum. Or shapes, but yeah, Tim Tams. I don't know if these are Australian only, but I've been lately having uh, these Cadbury. What's the, is it, it's like Cadbury twirls, but they're in a round biscuit. Oh, wow. I what? Try, yeah, I really, want to try that. Yeah, really good. I twirl in a biscuit. Is it twirl? No, maybe it's not twirl. What's like the a one? Twix? Uh, what's the one with it's chocolate-covered wafer? And time out. Maybe it's like, it's like time out, which I don't love, but it's in a circle biscuit, and it somehow that right? makes it way better. I also have no time for time out. Yeah, I don't know why. It's boring in a bar. So dumb. But in a, it's thinner <laughs> okay. and in a circle. Just one with a cup of tea. Oh, my God. Yum! Love it. Good to hear. Well, what I what about something you'd love to have sent to you? I would love. Gosh, I love the chips or the crisps from Pret-a-Manger. Oh, oh I did love those. Either the plain or the you cheese and onion. Pret. I love to Pret. And obviously, you can't send a sandwich to anyone, but I love their stuff. All that sort of fresh stuff. But their chips are just beautiful, just great. Mm. Also, I love. I think England's kettle chips are better too. So okay, I'll take uh, those. Do you think uh, Greg's? A veggie sausage roll would make it. <laughs> would it yeah. make the journey? I reckon. Yeah, but you might need to nuke it. <laughs> There's enough preservatives in the Greg. Send, yeah. send it frozen. I think you'd be right. Uh, was it the, were they whip bars in England? Yeah. Whisper. Whisper. My, I reckon they are so good too. Yeah. There's... No, well, it's almost like a Mars bar, but yeah. somehow better. I, and I don't mind a Mars bar, don't get me wrong. Mar- and I think the Mars bars over in England are better as well. I think Mars bars are like fun size only. Anything bigger than that, it's too much. Right. Mars bar ice cream, though, holy shit. Back when I used to push trolleys mm. at the supermarket, I would, uh, on my 15-minute break, buy a three-pack of Mars bars full size and eat them all. <laughs> that is so awesome. <laughs> No, yeah. it's weird to yeah. think back to that. I'd feel oh, I sick know. if I did it now. I know, because we're old now. <laughs> you can do anything when you're young and you don't appreciate six it. Six-pack of donuts on other days. <laughs> I'm sure I've said all this on the show before. Yeah. I, I Once I you would... Milk? Yeah, get the two-litre bottle of Big M. And I normally drink half of it. But it's one day a I was... of milk. I was a long way through it, a chocolate Big M, and I was a long way through it, and someone's like, you're going to finish that? I said... Yeah, yeah, I will. <laughs> and I finished the whole thing, just pour it into a cup, 
in my 15-minute break. Had the last one and was like, I'm going to have to go to the bathroom. Oh, no. Went into the bathroom and spewed it all back out. That is... Apologies if you're... That must have been the worst spew of your life. It was either that or he was going to shit himself. (laughs) It came out so quickly. It was just as if I was... I was enjoying yeah. the flavour oh. all over again. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that is no good. Oh, to be Man. young again. Oh, I'm craving these chips. Now I'm on the Pret website. And you- Dave! <laughs> <laughs> this is why I can't live here. I've got to live over there. For, for £6.50, you can have five different packets delivered to you, and they won't send to Australia. Sea salt, cider vinegar, sea salt crisp, that's my favourite, as well as mature cheddar and red onion, those two. Smoked chipotle and vegetable crisps. Oh, Cannot wait to get back over there. Just for the chips? Yeah, I, th- I love, I think it's one it's, this might be a sad thing to say, but one of my favourite things about travelling is the snacks. That's not Just sad. having different yeah. country yeah. snacks. I don't eat like McDonald's here all that much, but I'll try it in a different country because I want to see if, how it's different. Yeah. I'm like, ooh. Yeah. We're, I love we're, snacks. We're, wherever we stopped over on the way back from our last international tour. Oh, were we in Dubai? Maybe, maybe it's Dubai. Hong Kong? The, the McDonald's did this veggie bit. It was no good, but fascinating to try. Yeah, yeah. I went to a Hungry Jack's and got onion rings and, like, potato gems. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, hell yeah. Want to know where I went in Dubai? Their Predamon. <laughs> <laughs> the airport had one. I was like, oh, great, one final chance. <laughs> That's right. i got to go back and watch that. James Acaster special oh. where he talks about because I, I think loved the first time I watched it it was before we'd visited mm. England and experienced and yeah. I didn't know I didn't get it you didn't know that I'm you like I don't really know what he's referencing I love Tamonja <laughs> great bit uh, I still found it funny it's funny that's good comedy when you're yeah. laughing along <laughs> you don't get without it. the reference his voice and face are funny yeah he's just a funny guy. Uh, and the final one this week for the fat quota question. I said this would go for half an hour. This yeah, segment. we really got away time. with that one, but it was a lot of fun. Uh, comes from Mike Shirley, also asking a question, but Mike's got the title "Constantly Exhausted Parent." Oh, oh. Mike. Well, hopefully, hopefully you, uh, you get a rest. Soon. Mike, as a dog mum, <laughs> I get it, and I'm there with you. My dog sleeps from eight p.m. to eight a.m., and it's just mm. oh. What a nightmare. He's a pain in the ass. But was a puppy recently, you yeah. know, and up all night yeah. from memory. Correct. Uh, Mike's got a question, and Mike writes, Heidi, hi, Dave, Jess, and Matt. <laughs> I have just three podcast networks in never miss rotation. Ooh. And then slot the odd random one in when someone suggests it. I assume that's most people, limited time, etc. Anyway, it seems that every podcast Facebook group will, at some point or another, put the question to its listenership, who introduced you to the pod? In my limited experience, Nick Mason usually ranks pretty high on those vote tallies, irrespective of the genre. So my question to you, fabulous three people, is what podcasts has Nick Mason introduced you to? Also, follow-up question to my prior question, if that's allowed, I'm going to allow it. Uh... All right, I'll, I'll ask that one second. Uh, the Weekly Planet. The Weekly Planet's the one for me, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Weekly Planet, I think. Um, is which is great. Oh, I would also to. say um, some of the other ones that were on the Planet Broadcasting Network, I hadn't heard Human Ordinary before. Yeah, oh, yeah, great. Yeah. I really yeah. enjoy that. So that, that kind of thing. I think I knew most of the others, but maybe, yeah, I really liked, love Sam's show, Human Ordinary, and I think through Planet Broadcasting and Nick Mason, that's how I've I mean, found that. Yeah, I guess I met... 
you know, Claire and James through Meso, so stuff like Suggestible and... Yes, there yeah, you go. That's true, that, yeah. yeah. And uh, Taunts. Taunts. Uh, but, yeah, because we... Well, I'm guessing we all kind of knew Meso a little bit before. Yeah, through comedy. He just was a, always at gigs and stuff. Yeah, yeah great supporter of Melbourne comedy, yeah. And then I remember people being like, did you guys know that Meso has a really successful yeah. podcast? Do you know he's, like, famous? And we're like, what? <laughs> nah. And I'm like, couldn't be. Yeah, I knew. Oh, because of because uh, I listened to his podcast. But um, he, yeah, he's really introduced me to. Uh, I like that he his podcast because I found comic book world gatekeeper stuff intimidating. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> I used to be like, hey, Mesa, I didn't think this one was that good. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> And he's like, well, you know, Am I really, a, really a personal opinion. No, thing. please tell me I'm right. Uh, <laughs> don't, I don't want to share this with anybody else if I'm wrong. Uh, Mike, his follow-up question is, does Matt know who Suzanne Paul is? As always, I and the entire nation of New Zealand, they all said it was cool to speak on their behalf, uh, live in ongoing hope of the Trans-Tasman tour. God and bubble willing, stay safe and well. This is my dream. Because of COVID and stuff, I feel like some of the bigger tours that we we're hoping to US and UK are still got question marks all over them, but it makes New Zealand feel a lot more achievable. Yeah. We're nothing concrete at all, but we're definitely going to work to try and make something happen, I think. Yeah, we'd love to. God, that'd be great. Like, we're definitely going to do it sometime, but it, ho- hopefully maybe next year. Yeah. But, yeah, I obviously can't promise anything because we thought we were talking about earlier this year that we'd do it this year yeah <laughs> and that got out of our control pretty quickly um and yes i someone i might have been you mike or someone else who mentioned her before i don't know and it was the time she, you weren't here right and so dave and i didn't get it oh i still don't get it yeah Who's Susan Paul? she does infomercials maybe yes yeah, so when i was a kid she was always on she I, surprisingly she's uh, a celebrity in new zealand because she's got a thick english accent and when I was a kid, we used to always quote her because she'd be on morning TV all the time. Yeah. And when I was a kid, unfortunately, there weren't cartoon networks on free to wear. Oh so my God. we watched the adult TV in holidays sometimes. So she'd always be on go plugging uh, natural glow. <laughs> <laughs> so it just it'll fit to whatever, whatever hue your skin is, natural glow. <laughs> just dab it on as much as you like. Put a few more layers on if you want darker. <laughs> I'd like to try that. If you don't, natural glow. <laughs> that sounds great, actually. I would love a natural glow. So I didn't know her by name. I just knew her as the natural glow lady. Uh, but I love it that in in New Zealand she's a celebrity, apparently. So good, natural glow. <laughs> uh, thank you very much for that question, Mike. Um, and then the other thing we like to do is uh, shout out a few of our other great supporters. Uh, normally, Jess, you come up with a little game based on the topic. Do you have anything? I was, what are you laughing at, Dave? No, I'd love to know what it's going to be. What number room are they going to be murdered <laughs> That was the thing that I thought of. <laughs> well, I, thought, I won't say that. No, I was thinking we give them a, uh, a false name. Oh, great. Obviously, with, with a, a middle, middle initial. initial. <laughs> and I think we could do it, like, together. Oh, great. Because there's three of three. us. We need a first name, a middle initial, and a surname. <laughs> great. Well, if I could first uh, go first, I'd love to thank from Darwin in the Northern Territory in Australia, Bernard Murray. Great name to start with. Oh, but yeah. when you're checking in a hotel room, Bernard, you don't want to be 
known to be checking out her hotel room. I think your name, of course, is Quincy K. Withers. Oh, that's, that's great. Good. Quincy K. Withers. I had Withers in my head. That's why I was like, Dave, give me a middle initial. <laughs> nice. I wanted to get Withers out there. I panicked, and I'm so stoked my brain gave me Quincy. Quincy. So stoked. You I'm did like, so well. I'm, I was going to say Artemis. <laughs> very creative guy. <laughs> uh, thank you very much, Bernard. Should I say Quincy? Uh, I'd also love to thank from Portland, Oregon, in the United States. Uh, Bigfoot country, I think. <laughs> that is. Karen. Braymeyer, a.k.a. Uh, Dib- Dibbles. T. Bushin. <laughs> Dibbles T. Bushin. That's a, that's a cat. Right there, that's a cat. <laughs> We've gone to gibberish very early. <laughs> they're at the desk There's going, so many more to do. They're at the, de- at the desk of the hotel going, sorry, can you just spell that out? Bushin. How do you spell Bushin? Bushin. Dibbles is your first name? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I get, this a lot. This is I get this a lot. Right on the edge of being yeah. rude right. there. Uh, if I'm using this name to blend in. <laughs> Dibbles T. Bushin. <laughs> I love how you both acted that out. So annoyed at this person questioning a ridiculous name. <laughs> yes. Oh. Yeah. Oh, for God's the nightmare. <laughs> Honestly, I should change my name. I should, I should come up with a fake name, really. Honestly, my parents' is child abuse. <laughs> Dibbles. Fuck. <laughs> No, it's not short for anything. <laughs> That's it. It's Dibbles. I'm like Adele. People just know me as Dibbles. <laughs> um, no, you may not call me Dibs. Finally, from me, I'd love to thank from Brunswick West, just Up over the road, the road for us uh, in Victoria, Australia, Gemma Glazik, a.k.a. Trini B. Simdale. <laughs> That's pretty good. Trini, Trini B. B. Simdale. Simdale. Trini B. Simdale. Well, I like that. Trini uh, B. Subordinate. <laughs> you better believe it. Trini B. Hey, Trini. Thanks so much. Thanks, Trini. Okay, Gemma. Do you want to thank a few Bop Bar? I would love to. I would love to thank from Harrisonburg in VA. Virginia? Virginia. Logan Stoltzfus. Oh, you don't need a new name. That's great. It's a great name. Well, that's what we found about Artemis. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. true. Artemis Ogletree. Did not need for What about for, for this one, Logan Stoltzfus, we try and do like a really under, like really common name. Okay. John. B. Wills. John Wills. John Wills. Yeah, boring. John B. Wills. I'm not looking twice at that name. No. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not going, oh, that's nice. That's well, interesting. That is, as it turns out, what... Artemis did. He turned a name that sounds fake into yeah, still right. kind of cool sounding names, but slightly mm. less fake sounding. Roland yeah. T. Owen. Eugene K. Scott. Yeah. But, but average. Artemis. Artemis Ogletree. You don't forget that. No. Um, I would also love to thank from Murrumbina in Victoria, Beth Lockhart. Murrumbina, the suburb that Tism played their first ever gig oh, at. Oh, wow. Maybe get some inspiration. Oh, okay. just if you're looking for. Uh, podcast recommendations. Damien Cowell is releasing a, a new album song by song at the moment, but he's also doing a podcast, which he's going through his, it's basically an autobiography. That's cool. And it's been really, yeah, really fascinating talking about the bands he was in before. I don't think a lot of this was publicly known before oh, now. Oh, wow. So it's been, it's so interesting to listen to. Uh, I think it's called uh, Only the Shit You Love podcast. <laughs> Um, yeah, so if any, anyone's a Tism fan didn't know about that, uh, yeah, really cool. He also talks about music, the music he listened to growing up and oh. all that sort of stuff. Really interesting. 
Uh, anyway, sorry, Beth Lockhart is a sick name. Very good I name. I love that. I like the name Beth, and Lockhart is a great name. If I was person. a girl, I was going to be Bethany. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's cute. It's a good name. Bethany Stewart. Better, probably a better name. Than Matt. Yeah. Matt. It's like they went from... Bethany to Matthew. Yeah. They like the th. They like the th. Matt, the most common name for a boy in Australia for the 10 years before and after I was born and the year I was born. (laughs) Inclusive. (laughs) Remember when we did Getting Chatty with Maddie and we realised that the, we were talking about whatever the most Most common common name name is from 1990. I said, I'll add it in in post. I'll look it up. And it turned out to be Jess and Matt. (laughs) Amazing. Uh, Anyway, Beth Lockhart. Her name is Alligator. P. Cowl. You wanted to get it back to Tism. Yeah, Alligator B. T- P. Cowl. Mm. It's like Damien Cowl's Tism name was Humphrey B. Flaubert. Oh, that's, there we go. Uh, that's great. I Nailed mean, Beth it. Lockhart. Uh, all these names have been fantastic, really as they always names. are. Uh, finally, for me, I would love to thank from Nary Warren North, also in Victoria, Greg Carter. Greg Carter. Ooh, okay. Um, well, Scooby Doo can do do, but Greg Carter is smart. Okay. Uh, Shaggy. <laughs> two. <laughs> two. 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 All you One have to ins- do. Insane clown posse guys. Shaggy two dope. <laughs> okay. Shaggy two. Dope. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Why am I getting what when Matt I just had to do think? A twist on it. Matt just had to think of a middle initial, and he said two, <laughs> and I'm the fucking idiot, am I? All right, let's go again. Let's go again. <laughs> go again. Go again. Am I right in saying that, Dave? It is uh, shaky to do. I'll take inspiration from that. Uh, Joseph L. Winston. Oh, that's good. Could be president. Yeah, in Joseph the olden Winston. Days, I reckon. That's good. Uh. Greg, uh, Greg Carter. Uh, Shaggy Tito, also known as Kangol Joe, also known as Guy Gorfi, also known as Guido, also known Jesus. as Hammed Burglar. <laughs> There's so many more. Some of those are good. Some are terrible. Bazooka Joey. Dave, I, I always assumed you'd be a juggalo. Sadly, I, I'm not. Okay. I know, I know that my look, my vibe, <laughs> really... you got a real juggalo vibe. <laughs> They're the fan. What, what's the band called again? Did I already say it? Insane Clown Posse. Insane Clown Posse, that's right. That's their, their, their group, isn't it? All right, so uh, thank you so much to, to Greg there, a.k.a. Joseph. <laughs> I would like to thank from Collingwood Park, which is in Queensland. A lot of Aussies today. Yeah. yeah. And thank you so much for the local support. Crystal Lee. Oh, my God, another oh. cracking name. Crystal good. Hutton Lee. Love yeah, it. Marble. Q. Jonesy. <laughs> Marble. Marble is the first name. Beautiful. Q. Beautiful. Jonesy. I like it. Me too. I like it a lot. Marble's Mar- cute, Marble actually. Marble's actually a cute name. Marble. Yeah. Marble. I love it. Marble. <laughs> I mean, anything is a name. Your cute little face. <laughs> <laughs> I did a good one. That was a very sweet moment. Matt just looking at me all happy. <laughs> Normally you look so sad. <laughs> That's not true. Is it? That's not true at all. No, it's you just once funny. said to me after, like, after we'd done a hundred or so episodes, you're like, you're a really hard laugh, and I took that to heart. I'm like, I gotta laugh more. <laughs> I reckon there'll be if you if you're listening to the whole back catalogue, you'll notice there was a time where I just started laughing more. <laughs> no, I just let myself. I don't know. I just don't yeah. think I was consciously. 
not laughing. I mean, laughing, you, but... you will you will definitely laugh at things. You're not withholding with a laugh. It's just I'm a ha 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 ha. And if I don't get that in response, I'm like, okay, I'm not funny. Uh, Jesus. <laughs> you... Oh, okay. I can't tell a story. <laughs> All I really contribute is laughter. Um, and so much of improv is making your improv partner look good. Honestly. And I do that for it's you. A, <laughs> thank you, partner. Being a, Having fun has got to be the key. It's one of the, the, the great keys to a podcast being mm. fun, I reckon. Is, is having fun? Is at least oh, one of the so people deep. Being, so deep. being a fun person. If it was just three of me's. <laughs> <laughs> three of me's, nothing to get done. So it's a good me's. balance. Uh, any, and any I'm the other guy. All right. <laughs> thank you so much to uh, Marble, a.k.a. Crystal, a you rule. <laughs> I'd love to thank from Chisholm, also in Australia, from the ACT, Tessa Chilcott. Tessa Chilcott, Chilcott from Chisholm. Chilcott uh, from Chisholm. All right. Um, Penny. X. Ooh. Sinbad. Ooh. <laughs> that is cool. I saw a pen. So I said pen. <laughs> Great. I thought about the letter X. Oh, treasure. <laughs> I just started a word and <laughs> saw where it went. Penny X, chill, uh, Penny X Sinbad. That's good. Love it. Thanks, Tessa. Appreciate your support. And finally, I would like to thank from Copenhagen in Denmark. Big shout out to Lars. Ooh, Lars. Lars. Uh, Drummy. P. Epson. Ooh. Drummy P. Epson. I like that. Yeah, Drummy like that. P. <laughs> yeah, my name is Drummy P. Epson. <laughs> Still got a normal last name. <laughs> Lars, okay, Drummy P, thank you so much. Uh, so Lars, Tessa, Crystal Lee, Greg, Beth, Logan, Gemma, Karen, Bernard, or Bernard, I appreciate you so, so much. Uh, and the last thing that leaves us to do is welcome some people into the Triptych Club. Jess, you explained it so well last week. Do you want to do that again? Yeah, it's an exclusive but not in a mean way club where uh, it's like a like an airport lounge. We've got a bar, we've got activities, we've got a place you can have a nap. And once you're in, you you know, you're in for life once you're in the Triptych Club. Matt's at the door. He's lifting the velvet rope. He's letting you in, checking your name off the list. I'm at the bar. I have got uh, Bloody Marys today. The blood, a lot of blood. Yeah. Oh, nice one. Um, if you order that drink three times into the mirror, yeah. you'll get one. You'll get one. <laughs> um, the mirror is me. I'm dressed as a mirror. I'm in costume. <laughs> and Dave always books a band as well. We have a, a new band every week playing for us. And I've been loving what he's doing lately, he's relating it back to the... That's coincidence, episode. which is crazy, isn't it? Yeah, because I, I book these months in advance. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, obviously, these these are big acts. Yeah, it takes ages. And uh, amazingly, uh, this week uh, I can't believe it, but we, we've actually got um, Violent J and Shaggy Two Dope from the Insane Clown Posse. Oh my god! Wow. Can you believe that? I can believe it because I believe in your booking skills. Thank you so much. Um, and normally, what happens is Matt will read out the names, Dave will hype them up, and I'll hi- hype Dave up. And. Uh, I'll, so I'll read them out. So you probably mentioned it's three years. You would have mentioned that, right? That's the point. I definitely did. I don't for know sure. why I'm saying it again. I didn't mention it. So these people have been <laughs> on the shout out level or above for three straight years. Two, only two inductees this week. Dave, you ready? Absolutely ready to hype up these people as you lift the velvet rope. Let's go. Firstly, from Hillsborough in Oregon in the United States, Brian V. Douglas. Oh, more like Brian V. Good. Yeah, Brian's very good. V for very, yeah. Woo! Like Johnny B. Good, is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. Brian V. Good. And secondly, from 
Bandhagen in maybe <laughs> Switzerland? S-E? Oh, is that Sweden? Sweden? Sorry. Let me look it up real quick. Let's just keep it going. Keep it going full steam. Look it up rather than me apologizing them in. <laughs> it's in our Stockholm, Sweden. Sweden from Bandhagen in Stockholm, Sweden. It's Emily Litwin. Oh, so much to do here. Emily uh, for the win or Emily, let's get lit. Yeah, there it is. Woo! Two things there. What the young people would say. Welcome yeah, that's in, right. Emily I'm doing shuckers. <laughs> <laughs> young people. What's up, fellow kids? <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, Emily and Brian, thank you so much. Welcome. Enjoy. Stay groovy. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy the music of the Insane Clown Posse. Yeah. I'm, I'm assuming you're both juggalos. I obviously enjoy that their fan base is called Juggalos. What are ours called again? Do goggalos. Do go <laughs> Do goonalos. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that's, <laughs> that's the... <laughs> Do go on it. Welcome and thank you. Uh, welcome to the very end of the episode. <laughs> yeah, welcome to the end of the episode. Thanks for joining us at the end of the episode. Hey, guess what? That was the third most requested block topic, but we've got number two and, of course, number one to follow in the coming yeah, weeks. Who's so please to come? <laughs> <laughs> Who knows what the theme might be? Um, if you want to support the show, of course, you can go to dogoonpod.com or patreon.com slash dogoonpod. That's how we can keep the show coming out every single week. In exchange, you get all those rewards we mentioned earlier. And you can also find links to our merchandise that also supports the show or following us on social media does support us as well at do go on pod on all the uh, social medias but if you if you can't show that for the patreon or buy merch we absolutely understand that you could always just tell a friend we've been doing these big topics the last few weeks if anyone's uh you know this is a good place to start we reckon yeah. and just yeah i think from what i've learned just warn them there might be a little bit of bullshit to get through <laughs> but you'll eventually You'll love us. You'll love the bullshit. to us. Tell them to skip the first 10 minutes on most episodes. Yeah. yeah. We got better at it, can, but... Well. But then they can come back and uh, once they know us, hopefully enjoy us. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're in a quiet yeah. taste. But we appreciate you. A- anytime, a lot of people tell us that, oh, I found out because a friend told me. So if you can do that, we'd absolutely love it. Often that friend is Nick Mason. <laughs> yeah, our good friend, also <laughs> yours. <laughs> uh, we'll be back next week with another episode. But until then, I'll say thank you and goodbye. Later. Bye. Acast.com.